After this, there's no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to do. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Man, we have a wonderful guest on the show for you guys tonight. Um, This is actually our first time actually uh, talking to this gentleman, and we're very excited to get into some different topics tonight, definitely some paranormal, so we're excited to have a Mr. Dark Waters joining us on the show. Sir, how are you? Man, I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing this beautiful evening? Doing well. After the weekend I had, this is a great first day off, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's a weekend, buddy. When you told me about it, that's one hell of a weekend. But I'm doing great, guys. I'm excited to spend a little time with you and your audience. And um, like I told you guys before, we can go to any topic you want. I'm ready to rumble. Just let me out the gate. I'm like a bull. Just open the gate and let's go. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Well, before we get into anything, why don't you tell our audience who you are, how you got into what you do, and a little bit about what you talk about on your various shows that you've done over the years. Um, So my real name is James Williams. Um, I started on YouTube as Dark Waters in 2015. Um, Did almost like something like 220, 230 interviews over that time. Launched Dark Waters Radio. Um, I think I got 51,000 subs on YouTube. And YouTube is not shadow banning me. It's phenomenal. Right now I'm shadow banned and I'm working through it. Um, And what I focus on is true paranormal stories. So uh, most people, when they first hear me speak, they're like, I can't believe that's true. And (laughs) I have to explain to people how I go about doing this. And we have officers on this call. So you guys can vouch for what I'm about to tell you. Um, Mm -hmm. I talk to literally probably five to six people a day. I have a public phone number where people can call. They call, we hold conversations, and they start telling their stories. And I have a process I send people through. So you call me, literally for the first hour, I don't say anything. Like, Mm -hmm. I may agree, I may say a few things here or there, but in the whole time, I'm listening to your tonality, listening to what you're saying, listening to the level of your excitement. If I could see them, I could tell if they were lying immediately, but I'm just listening and trying to pick up on little hints. Then I hop off the phone with that person, call them back the next day, and then I start just trying to lambast and destroy their story interjecting things into their story, looping them, asking them questions over and over and over again, surprise questions. Then I get off the phone with them and I call them three days later and I do the same thing. And I do it over and over and over again until I try and catch them lying. Mm -hmm. Normally a liar, I catch them um, like a bad liar. I catch them as soon as they call. They all have the same tonality. It's like this little snaky tonality, like, you know, like, Ooh, I'm going to get something over. And like, it's like, they're like (laughs) slimy. Right. But then people who are like sociopathic, uh, narcissistic, habitual liars, people who actually believe what they're saying Mm -hmm. and force themselves to believe it takes a while, but you get to the bottom of it by just listening. And then they'll say, well, you know, my girlfriend and I were out on a Saturday night and we pulled into this field and we saw this thing run in front of our car. So by the third conversation, I was like, man, I can't believe you guys out on a Friday night. And y'all saw what? And then the person says, yeah, it was Friday night. I just caught you lying. Mm. Or they'll give a description of something and I'll change the description. Like enough to where if you're telling the truth, you're going to be offended and catch the fact that I'm I'm changing your story up. Right. Mm. And once they start getting like the people who aren't lying, they get pissed. Like I just fucking told you 
Yeah. It was this. I'm like, right. my bad, bro. And then no. I, you know. So um then there's other people who I talk to who literally have emotional breakdowns when I, I force them to relive the story. Because mm. once we get to the point to where I know that you're telling the truth, then I really start psychologically going inside the person's head and kind of like pressing buttons and twisting screws and said, okay, imagine you were in this situation right now. You were laying in the bed. Talk to me. Close your eyes. You're laying on your back. What do you feel? Do you feel the covers? And I literally put them back in that position of where they were. And then they start experiencing it again. Mm. Um, And for those people, I mean, they they go into tears, all kind of crazy stuff happens. And I literally have to yank them back out of that mindset. It's happened live on YouTube when people call in and I make them relive it and they just start crying. And people are like, oh my God, the guy started crying. And then I start the person laughing. Next thing you know, two minutes later, they're laughing like, man, thanks, blah, 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 blah. So Yeah, yeah, um, because usually that stuff's pretty traumatic, right? Yeah, It's extremely traumatic (laughs) when it's true. Um, Yeah, right. But when you're lying, you can tell when someone's lying because they're just not traumatic to them, Mm -hmm. you know? You Mm -hmm. can't tell me you saw a 12-foot tall Bigfoot with his penis outside the window (laughs) And that didn't traumatize you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Boy, it wouldn't traumatize Boy, boy likes that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. You should be able to describe Bigfoot's junk to me. You know what I'm right? saying? So yeah. it's one of those things. So that's what I do. Um, and so once I have the story, I I create a dramatized format for the story where the person who's listening to it can now relive the story with them. Mm-hmm. So it's music, it's sound effects, it's Okay. Me re- literally repeating the pace and tone of the person talking. Like some people talk fast. Like, you know, I was out at the club with my friend and I saw blah, 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 blah. So I, I repeat that exact pace. Mm-hmm. I can't re- uh, repeat the pitch because my voice is my voice. Right. But the tonality and the pace, I can repeat it and mirror it. And then you get the real story of what the person told me. That's awesome. Oh, That's man. awesome. I love that shit. That's now, cool. now, before we get into uh, some of the topics that we're going to discuss tonight, I want to bring you up on to, to speed on how, how we, we got introduced to you. And I think it's really weird that the way that this happened and the way the universe works, um, Chris and boy, I don't even know if I even told you guys this, but no. about a year and a half ago, maybe longer than that, we get an email from one of our followers says, hey, you guys got to get this dude on your show and talk to him. And it was your show, Dark Waters. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Totally forgot about it. The show goes <laughs> on. COVID happens. Uh, you know, fake invasion in Ukraine, the jibbity jab, all this stuff happening. Yeah. Right. And then we got into the motion of the show. Well, then a buddy of ours comes out with a documentary. Uh, Expedition Dogman, Tony Merkel from the Confessional Podcast. Tony so I, Tone, that's my boy right there. Tony, yeah. So, so Tony, I, I watched the documentary with with my wife, and he calls you on the phone, and you're talking, and he's talking to you. He said, "Oh yeah, Dark Waters." I'm calling my buddy, and I was like, "Why does that name sound so familiar to me?" <laughs> I go back in the email, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this is that guy they told us to interview like a year and a half ago. Let's get him on the show." I've to- I totally goofed it. And, and forgot all about the email. And so hopefully that follower is will be appreciative when this comes out. But that's right. just kind of this weird way how we got introduced to you yeah. uh, over a year ball, ago. Man. Dude, you want to hear something crazy? Let me tell you how I got introduced to Tony. Okay. Ooh. At I this love, point in time, Tony. I'm living yeah, uptown New Orleans on the house on 2706 Robert Street. The house has all kind of paranormal crazy stuff happening, right? Mm-hmm. I'm laying across the bed and my cell phone rings. And I want to be clear. I do not have Tony's number. Never had Tony's number. I knew who Tony was. 
um, I think I had talked with Tony and West Farmer at some point in time. So mm-hmm. the phone rings, and um, and I look at the phone. I don't know the number. I send it to voicemail, and then I text like, "Who is this calling me?" And then uh, a text comes back, "Who is this calling me?" I'm like, what and I text back, "I didn't freaking call you." And so then I call the number, and it's Tony. He was like, "Bro, my phone rung." Um, my phone rung on my end. And I was like, well, my phone rung on my end. So both cell phones were oh, ringing at shit. the same time. And so I'm like, you lying, dude. He was like, no, bro, I don't, I don't have your number in my phone. I was like, I don't have your number either. So then after that, we just started talking. I was like, bro, this is Providence. Let's talk. And so we just talked for like an hour. I was like, all right, we got to do something because this is something special going on. Yeah. And he'll t- if you go listen to my first interview with him, he tells the story. He's like, bro, that was the weirdest, crazy stuff on the planet. That's but during trip. that time period, it was an extremely weird period of my life, bro. While simultaneously that was happening, um, that same <laughs> cell phone, I was getting these phone calls, bro, from different numbers, different voices, mm-hmm. all of these people having the same conversation. And they were saying stuff like, you know, God hates you. You're going to hell. Jesus doesn't Ooh. love you. But it was a That's little girl's rude. voice. It was an old man's voice. It was an old black man voice who sounded like Barry White. Like Barry White. Like, yeah. yeah, God doesn't love you. You're gonna die. I'm what? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And it was like for a solid month, like freaked me completely out. Like I was like, what the hell? Um, and then after that, it's crazy because after that started going on, then I started getting this phone call from like an 800 number. The first time I got it, I answered it. And it was this pre-recorded pastor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, God has a message for you. And if you want to hear what God has to say for you, press one, press one. So I press one and I'm pressing these buttons. And I'm like, yo, when is dude going to ask me for money? This is like <laughs> right? a scam, right? <laughs> yeah. right? And it gets to the point where it says press five, press five. God has a specific message for you. So I had like for the first two phone calls, I never pressed five. The third mm-hmm. call, I pressed five. And it was the most specific thing i had ever heard it was and i'll never forget it it said you are under demonic attack you have been being attacked for over two years and it's getting to the point to where they can't get you and god is going to reward you and then it says press seven press seven so i press seven then they ask for money i hang up right like Mm -hmm. i'm not giving you no money I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I got to the money part. It's not going to happen again. Right. No. Just kidding. It's Joel Olstein. Oh, <laughs> oh, Joel Olstein calls me, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's like Lucifer himself called. Right. Might as well <laughs> Literally, be. All them people, he got a big old church and ain't letting none of the people in the man. church, man. Anyway, mm-hmm. don't get me started on them people. So <laughs> peep this. It happens again. And it says, God needs you to move right now. You need to move. You need to move. This is when you get to five. It says, you need to move. Like, you need to not, like, physically move. Like, move Mm -hmm. your residence right now. And it was crazy because at that point in time, um, the place that I was living in, uh, the lady who I was renting from, she was building a house around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, And she was trying to sell the house that we were in, me and my sons were in. And so it was getting to the point to where, like, the realtor was doing stupid stuff, like, I would leave my sons to go to the store and tell her, hey, my kids are there alone. When I come back, you can show the house to the people, but I don't want nobody in the house when my kids are there. And she's right. trying to open the door when they're there and all the rest of the stuff. So me and this chick getting into it. And yeah. it's, she's like, you, you need to move. You need to move. Then the call came and said, okay, it's time for you to move. God's going to move you. But I ain't had no money to move, dog. Like, I'm like, 
ain't got no bread for this. Yeah. Literally two days after that, like $32,000 come in. Just a windfall, $32,000. I move and I move to this next place. The calls go on. And the final call was um, God wants you to know he's proud of you and that you've been doing your mission and you went through your spiritual warfare to learn what you needed to learn. And now it's your job to teach other people. Wow. I'm sitting in my car, bro. I broke down in tears. Like, yeah, I'm about to cry now. Tell you, I mean, I literally broke down in tears, like a like a little boy. Like, how like, could oh, you mm-hmm. not? How could you mm-hmm. not? And ever since then, I just been I've been going at it, and you know, people try and take me out. We're gonna make him look bad, bro. Yeah, I don't. And I tell <laughs> people all the time, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like every time mm-hmm. I tried to quit, um, I would be forced back in to do it in some way, shape, or form. Like my background is engineering. Mm-hmm. Electrical engineering with a minor in physics. I've owned a hell of a lot of real estate. Um, and so my love is real estate. I'm like, man, I want to go buy an apartment complex. Yeah. God's like, nope, you better not. You're going to go <laughs> to foreclosure. <laughs> you got to do what I'm telling you to do. So yeah. the point to where I just do it, bro. I just do it. Yeah. And I do it with vigor and I'm excited. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great that's a crazy that's awesome. story, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. that, that reminds me of the. The wizard I ran into on the street a couple of years back, man. Bring it, boy. Bring I, it, boy. I, I had a, I guess you call it a similar kind of interaction. It wasn't over a long period of time, but I used to work at this car dealership. I worked there for almost 17 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thanksgiving of 2019, they said, hey, December 19th is your last day here. We're, we're closing the dealership. Good luck. So I'm like, shit, you know, I got three kids. I got a wife to take care of. I got, you know, bills to pay. So I left, went to another dealership and I just wasn't happy. It was, it was a real tough time. I was depressed. You know, I wasn't enjoying my job. I just didn't want to be where I was. So I had to walk when I was at the dealership. I needed to walk down to the main administrative building, which is probably, I'd say about a half mile away from where I was at. So I just decided to walk. It was a nice day. And um, I'm walking, thinking about all the shit that I got to figure out. You know, I I knew I definitely didn't want to stay there. And um, on my way back, I was behind this this Indian man. He was probably about the same age as me, I would guess. Um, Real clean cut. But I'm a big guy, so I tried to, you know, give us some distance. I didn't want to be, you know, walking on his heels and him think, like, I'm up to no good. So I'm, you know, trying to keep the distance, and then he stops. And I'm like, why is this guy stopping? And he turns around, and he says to me, you have a very lucky face. And I had my headphones on. I take my headphones out. I'm like, what did you say? He's like, oh, I said you have a very lucky face. I said, oh, I've never heard that before. Thank you. I appreciate that. So that, you know, that, that made my day a little better. And he's like, oh, of course. He's like, do you, ha- do you have a minute for me to talk to you? And he's like, I, I can tell that you're going through some stuff. Well, let's just sit down on this bench right here and chit chat. And I was like, okay. And uh, so he asks me a few questions. You know, he, he does this thing. I thought it was going to be like a magic trick, right? He, he's asking me what my favorite flower is, what my favorite color is, and, and these questions. And, and he has this piece of paper wadded up in his hand the entire time he's talking to me. And I'm giving him, him these answers. And after I finish giving him all the answers, he opens up the paper and all the answers were written on this piece of paper. 
No. And I'm going, what the hell? And I had goosebumps immediately. I said, man, I said, I'm not sure who you are or why you were sitting here, but we were meant obviously to come into contact with each other at this time. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he's asking some pretty personal questions um, that he already had answers to. You know, he's asking questions about my family. He's asking questions about things that had happened in the past. But when he's asking, he's also giving the answer. And I said, you know, because he mentioned one thing that nobody else knows about. You know, it's it's one of those household items, right? And I said, and that, that shook me. I started bawling on the spot. And um, he goes, what is your biggest fear right now? And I said, my biggest fear is losing everything. I'm in a place I don't like. Um, I'm not making as much as I was. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I totally understand it. You know, he's like, it's it's okay. He's like, are you worried about your wife? I said, well, yeah, because she's not happy at her job either. But we're both trying to be happy for each other and our kids. And he said, <clears throat> he, he took, he, he takes out this bag that he has and he pulls out this little bead. And he said, if you're worried about your wife i want you to give this to her he said this is actually from um from a prayer chain that i had but it broke apart and i keep these beads and i give them to people and as long as they keep these with them they will be protected always so he said okay he said give this to your wife and i said okay i'll do that and then uh he asked a few more questions and he said you know something is telling me that success is near for you you just have to keep doing what you're doing he said, this is not what you love to do, I can tell. And he said, if you continue to do what you love, then you will be successful, whatever that means to you. He said, you know, I'm not going to be specific because I don't want you to think I'm a fortune teller, but you will get there. And, you know, I thanked him and um, he 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 said, hey, listen, because I, I asked him, I said, where are you? Where do you come from? Like, I feel like you just materialized here. You know what I mean? And he goes, you know, he's like, I travel. I've lived all over the world. But he's like, I'm a I'm a healer. I'm a preacher. I'm a teacher. He's like, I'm anything anybody needs me to be. So he said, that's why I was put here in front of you today. And, you know, never had an experience like that before. He says, what I do ask is is for a small donation. If you have no money, I'm not going to force you to give anything. So kind of getting back to the asking for money thing. I said, listen, man, I said, I had to walk down to this building because they messed up one of my paychecks. They paid me too little. I said, but I have $2 cash and that's all the cash I have on me until the next time I get paid, take it, pay it forward, whatever you got to do with it. It's yours. And he said, I, I'm not going to take your last $2. He said, so how about this? I keep one, you keep one. I said, that's fair enough. I said, you know, whatever just happened here, is completely out of my control um but i i greatly and, and it hit me it hit me hard because i was i wouldn't say i was depressed but i just was not in a good spot <clears throat> and um so he said you know basically on your on your way back because he asked where are you walking to i said this building right up here he said i'll walk with you now i'm gonna cross the street before you get there but i'll walk with you so i'm walking and i'm kind of just staring at the ground trying to figure out what the hell just happened and he says, no, 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 like you need your, you walk with your head up. And I said, okay, I will. And uh, I got back to the shop and I went over back to my toolbox and I just kind of was sobbing as quietly as I could in a shop full of mechanics, you know, 
but it, I was thinking about everything he said, and I have no idea how he knew any of this information. I've never seen this man before in my life. Like I said, we we look like we're about the same age, and I'm convinced that this guy was some sort of you know benevolent entity that was just put there to remind me that this isn't the end you mm -hmm. know and and well, then ever since ever since we had that conversation or i had that conversation with him our show started taking off things i was started just gonna happening. say that yeah you know we 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 started getting these guests we never thought we would have spoken to all of a sudden we're on rockfin and all this you know like we were doing things we had never done before we never expected to do when we started the show and it's still going up you know so um every time we hit a little bit of success i i see his face in my mind and i think holy shit this this guy was right i don't know if he was some sort of wizard i don't know if he was a guardian angel but every all we know boy it could have sold his soul to satan that day but hey i'll uh, ride it out it with only you, cost buddy. me a dollar apparently <laughs> but, but i'll you tell know, you what it is it though was, if you're really interested wild. in what it is and i i, I figured this out um what well, was actually given to me. So we all have been recruited into a battle. Um, mm. And as you can see, the times are getting uh, to the point to where you can clearly see that spiritual warfare going on. Yeah. My greatest fear is I know what I'm supposed to do in this battle. And I, I don't know if I could do it, but we've all been recruited into a battle. Mm -hmm. And so your recruitment is throughout your life. So you go yeah. through these ups and downs and this turmoil and it's almost to the point where you're going to break. It's like you like a fishing rod. You know, you take a fishing mm -hmm. rod, you bend it, you bend it, you bend it. It bends amazingly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's a breaking point for that fishing rod. So what happens is that I don't use universe. God bends you to the point to where you're just about to break. And then he says, okay, while you're bent and you're hurting and you're scared, let me send you a word that's going to propel you forward in a direction that you need to go. And then mm -hmm. from that moment, everything, the trajectory of your life changes. But your that trajectory is changes be, is changed because you're going into war. Yeah. That's how it works. And it's scary, it's frightening, but it is the I'm so happy I'm in this battle because oh my goodness, I get to for me personally, with the things I've done in my past, like in politics and like destroying politicians and like mm -hmm. crazy stuff, like I get to use all of that to help people. So yeah. it's it's a battle we recruited into. And I like I said, I've interviewed with a lot of people. I can look in you guys' eyes and tell that you guys have the spirit of God. I've did interviews with witches, warlocks, um, people who I'm on the interview, they're like, you know, you believe in Jesus and Jesus is a fraud. And I'm like, man, <laughs> you can believe whatever you want. I don't care. That's your yeah. soul. But you're not going to tell me. So I've interviewed with everybody. So when I talk to certain people, I can feel the spirit on them, and I'm not mm. trying to be preachy. I just no, 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 no. Anybody else on, is anybody else getting emotional right now? Because I got, I got up there. I'm sorry. No, it, it, no, no, no. It's all good, man. Because honey, you know, I need when weed. I first, Bring it. <laughs> when I first told, <laughs> when I first told this story, like I was a mess, right? And because I couldn't wait, I had to get home. I run into the door, like you know, kid on Christmas morning, tell my wife what happened, and she starts crying. And, you know, then you, you bring all that up because there was a minute where I was like, man, I, I don't know if if God really does have a plan, you know, getting a little emotional right now. But <clears throat> then that happened. That happened. And then I ended up finding a, a, another job, a better job. And then the show started moving. And then, you know, when he asked me what what was I afraid of, because he had you close your eyes and think. Right. 
And what I was picturing was this just decay and me having to leave my wife and kids and hoping and praying that they would be protected while I'm doing whatever it is. Right. Um, and, and I don't know why that thought popped into my head, but it did. And then you, you're, you're telling me about being recruited into this and it makes so much sense. Like when you said that, you know, it was like wearing a warm blanket, you know what I mean? I, I can't describe it, but that's the, the best words I have for it. And, and, goosebumps you know but it it makes total sense with the way the world is right now because at the time none of this was even a thought you know the public would have never thought that the world would be running the way it is right now Mm -hmm. and it makes total sense to me it is that it's that tipping point right now if you look at everything that's going on all the different crises that there is you know that is going on or being made to push people to their limits you know, it, it seems like there is a line in the sand that's getting drawn and you're going to be on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And the amount of turmoil that's going to come at that point when the two sides clash, you know, called end times or whatever, if you're a believer end times in the tribulation period mm-hmm. that that's ahead. But it the writing's on the wall and it is we are. It's being spiritual picked. warfare. It is right definitely now. spiritual warfare, big time right now. If you, we talked about it a little bit before the show got started about just the overall craziness of all these types of things and the incidences that we're seeing. You know, all from where you're at, in your, your neck of the woods in the country, what we're seeing here on the West Coast. You know, it's it is bad, rough times, and you know, this is the time that when you're a believer, you know, we know the promises that we have been told. Um, so even though we've been told all these good things are going to be promised to us, it doesn't deaden the fact that this tribulation period that we're going to be going through shortly or in the near future, however you want to look at it, is going to be the worst of times. And it's mm-hmm. going to be the worst of people coming out. That's why we need a bunch of good people to get the message, to hear this, to be on the good side, you know, fighting their asses off for the other good people in the world, for the boys, the big countries, for the dark waters of the world that put out the good, the good word um to be on that side i just i'm lucky to be even associated with these men so yeah you are yeah <laughs> just, just know that i got got your back yeah and I, and I have my ar too so yeah. well you know when when we talk about the paranormal i don't think benevolent encounters like that get enough attention well you know i think I mean? all we hear is about is the bad ones yeah well Maybe. i think that's what you know especially being in new orleans like that is like a paranormal hot spot you know what i mean so I couldn't imagine the the crazy types of you know demonic. Uh, New Orleans is Hogwarts, bro. It's, it's like Hogwarts from uh, Harry Potter. Slither until I die, dude. I would tell you, like today, right? Um, I needed to pay my producer, so um, I went to one of those little. You know, how you have those little cash cards, you load money on a card, yeah. mm-hmm. and I have one of those connected to my cash app. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, let me take some cash out to save, load it on his card. I go into the little Ace Cash Express. I walk in, um, sister's behind the counter. She's all chippy and cheery. She says, hey, darling. I said, hey, baby, how you doing? I said, I need to load this car. And she's like, you look dirty. I said, yeah, I just sold a car. I got oil on me. I got all this, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And so she's just laughing. We talking. And in the middle of doing what she's doing, she breaks out into like a gospel song. Mm. And I was like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And she's like, well, what do you do for a living? So I said, well, my name is James, but I have, you know, Dark Waters Radio. I deal in the paranormal and blah, 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 blah. And she was like, 
you know what? We need people like you down here in New Orleans because we got people doing magic and voodoo mm. and hoodoo. And I said, yeah, I said, um, I did it. And I talked on a radio show last night and I was telling people that, you know, they were calling in, trolling and playing games. And I was trying to explain to them that this is spiritual warfare. And she's mm-hmm. like, but they don't know, baby. She's like, they don't understand. This is real because they don't come up in a city like this. And I was like, you're mm. right. And so like, People are, it's a, it's, I call it the goodness trap. Like people are attracted to like the dark things. Mm. What you discover is like, you can talk about demons and black eyed kids, and uh, gray aliens and rakes and all the rest of this stuff. Yeah. And it, it kind of takes them down this rabbit hole. But once they get to the bottom of the rabbit hole and they look for a solution and the person who's having that demonic activity, they go through all this stuff. Well, you know, I tried sage and mm-hmm. I tried burning candles, and I tried this, and I tried that. I was like, did you try Jesus? <laughs> and then next thing you know, they try it, that witness tries, and they like, it worked. And then mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're off to the races. So yeah, um, the beauty of what we do when we're bold enough to do it and to stand in our faith, but um, talk about the darkness. Because, you know, when you talk about the darkness, you attract it. But nonetheless, right. if you're bold enough to stand in your faith and talk about the darkness, you're just snatching souls, bro, just one at a time. You don't know, right. keep taking them. And it's a beautiful thing. That's why I say we're in a battle. I am happy to have brothers in arms like you guys and Tony. And I just say we go kick some ass, bro. Because at the end yeah, of the day, yeah. you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. Like, I trained with a guy down here named Jordan Hips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and CQB, right? Jordan okay. is a private military contractor. And we're talking one day about death. And he says, well, James, now I'm not afraid of dying. He's like, you know, my soul is saved. If I die, I'm just going to go be with God. I was like, right. what about your, your two twin daughters and your son? And he's like, God's got them. He's like, I'm not afraid of death. And I was like, this dude here. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> some gangster shit right there. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's saying timidly. Like if right. we called him right now, Jordan. How do you feel about death? Why should I be afraid of death when my soul is saved? Get off my phone, mm-hmm. James. All right, all right. That's what he believes. Yeah, it's absolute. So, yeah. Um, and that's how we have to be in this battle. Mm-hmm. So I don't want I don't want us to get preachy. So I'm gonna pivot and start talking about some spooky, scary stuff for people. Yeah, but let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, well, and, and let me let me say this real quick before you go into that, and just to just to kind of wrap up this this segment that we've been talking about. So so if if you've ever listened to our show, and if you're if you're new to it, um, so when we started the show, we didn't know what direction we were gonna go, and then Boya ran into a witch doctor, and we kind of exploded. <laughs> and you know now we're looking at 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 the goal now is to do the show full time, and there's a lot of different variables as to why we all want to do that um but it's it's heading and heading in that direction so when we started the show we said hey what are we going to call the people that listen to our show because we take our show very seriously obviously we add some humor into it especially when you get into topics like jimmy savile and child sacrifice and satanic you know cults and stuff like sras and all that shit well we came up with this name of of calling the people that listen to our show truth hooligans so we, we encompass this idea that we are on the front lines in this war, like you had mentioned, and we've been recruited for this. So we're going into this battle for truth. All of us together in this idea that um, being hooligans about it, being mm-hmm. aggressive about it, standing our ground with it. I love that. We're out. We're outnumbered. We're outnumbered yeah. every day. But I, I, I mean, uh, I think a lot of that was, you know, some inspiration from Green Street Hooligans when you got like five guys <laughs> fighting like 32 people for a soccer club. But uh, <laughs> it, it represents that idea that like we're not backing down from this fight. 
yeah we we're we're in a battle we're in we're in absolute warfare right now mm-hmm. and uh that was kind of what we encompassed for the show and and what what our our followers and i hate to say followers it makes it sound like a cult you know what i mean right. but you know, <laughs> people that listeners, listen, listeners listeners there we go there we go. <laughs> um yeah so that was what we had we had come up with with the for the show to encompass that ideology that we present on our show every episode no it doesn't matter if it's you know a conspiracy episode or social true crime uh cryptid you know paranormal whatever it may be we're on the front lines of this and uh i think that was just i I don't know why i got so damn emotional i wasn't even talking about myself or nothing like that but i had things running through my head and stuff so Um, well please allow me to join the hooligans i come with bats chains ars brass knuckles Always got my boots on, but they swamp boots. But I'm, I'm, there, always, there we I'm go. always ready to rumble. Yeah, right. all, all, all of our boots are dirty. That's yeah. how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my it. boots are dirty all the time. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, before we get into paranormal, the s- some spooky, scary. Uh, one of the things on our outro is we took a clip from The Matrix. Well, The Matrix plays on our intro, but on the outro, we took a clip of we tell everybody hey when you live if this is your first time listening to our show or if this is the 200th time listening to our show we always tell everybody you got to welcome yourself to the nebuchadnezzar because you're on it right now Mm -hmm. that's what this whole journey is about so dark waters you are hereby dubbed the a truth hooligan man we're glad to have you (laughs) hey man thank you so much i I will wear it and represent it well bro i promise i will represent it well um when we start talking about let me take this cigar out my mouth when we start talking about um, like just paranormal encounters mm-hmm. and things that happen to people, like let's say, for example, let's start here in New Orleans, right? Um, this city is, has like this history of violence, so much so, um, I mean, going back hundreds of years, probably mm-hmm. thousands of years, honestly, um, so much so that there's been so much blood that's been spilled that it's a part of the culture. And that violence creates ghosts and mischievous and evil spirits, right? Right. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine today, calling about some political stuff he was having problems with. And it, it it brings to, this conversation brings to mind the things that were happening to him when he was a kid. Like, he lived in the Seventh Ward um, on St. Bernard and Claiborne. Mm-hmm. And his mother used to practice hoodoos it's kind of like mm. hoodoo and voodoo kind of down here are just things that people do right um it's, it's like protestants it's catholics it's uh, baptists they all kind of dabbling in a, to a certain extent okay and i remember um when we were in high school you know he was always ashamed that everybody didn't want people to come to his house i finally got to his house walking the house his mom's a hoarder um Damn. they got holes in the kitchen floor like literally a hole in the floor to where if you step in a hole you're gonna step outside into the ground God damn. and he was being plagued by the spirit of uh a slain um mardi gras indian mm. so you know you've seen the mardi gras indians where they have the headdress and all of that on right but people right. don't understand the history of the mardi gras crews so these prior to it being dumbed down and going peaceful, the Mardi Gras Indian crews were originally derived from Black American Indian tribes. So mm. those tribes across the city would like march. Or there's this thing called Super Sunday. Back in the day, they would march on Super Sunday and fight and kill each other, machetes, mm. and shotguns, and all the rest of the stuff. So he, his house was literally right next door to one of the killing grounds. It's called Pratt Park, if I'm not mistaken. It's the name of the park, but. Um, his house literally was right there. And mm-hmm. so 
back in the day, they would all meet there, fight, stab, shoot, kill, do whatever they need to do, and then they'll go their different ways. If you ever look up like a Mardi Gras Indian um, second line, it's groups of people, thousands of people marching from different sections of the city, and they all meet in one spot, mm. and then they dance together, right? Even if you look at the dancing that they're doing, and you look closely, you'll see that these people are being possessed when they dance, if you look at it. Oh, um, you can see the possession, right? Well, my man Jason's laying in the bed. It's like 12 p.m. He's laying there, and he his bedroom, like his bed faced the door, mm-hmm. and he could literally see this figure coming down the hallway with the entire feather dress on, but it's oh, a shadow. With, and if you look at a Mardi Gras Indian, they have these headdresses with these feathers that flare out. In fact, if you look at my, my YouTube channel, you mm-hmm. see the image of him on there, like with a big cup and he's got the paint on his face. That's my friend that had this account. Okay. I just used his image because I switched over some of the branding I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. But imagine seeing that coming down the hallway, but in shadow figure form. Oh, shit. And it gets to the doorway and it's just whispering. And I, if you guys ever encounter anything demonic, you know the demonic whispering is it's different pitches, different tones, but it's mm-hmm. whispering with words in, in between. So you hear like, uh, then you hear, but in between, it's words that come through like, die, kill yourself, God doesn't mm-hmm. love you, da da da. So he's hearing all that stuff. Um, puts his head under the cover, takes his head from under the cover, is still there. Um, turns his back to it, turns around, it's still there. And eventually, it turns and it leaves. That mm-hmm. see that image of him up there? Okay. That, imagine that exact image, except for a shadow person. Look how that's terrifying. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm out. At that point, I'm out. <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying. So, um, and so it ended up, it leaves, right? And it goes away. But his mother was into um, hoodoo. So she would burn candles on people. So if she had an enemy, mm-hmm. she would burn a candle. So if one of you, you know, somebody pissed her off, she would go get a candle. They have these skull candles. She'll burn a skull candle to cause confusion. Or mm. she'll, if it was a guy she wanted to help her, she'll burn a come to me candle. And in New Orleans, you can like literally walk into any one of the magical botanical stores and buy this type of stuff. Oh, so wow. I tell you that story to tell you like this city itself is plagued with magic, and it's not yeah. it's not magic um, from a standpoint like a commercial standpoint. It's individual magic practitioners. Mm-hmm. It's in the household. It's at that household level to where right. people just practice it, and you never know. That's why one of the things in New Orleans is. And it's been said, I've known this since I was a child. You never start, they say, don't start no stuff, it won't be no stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The reason Mm -hmm. why people say that is you never start anything with anyone because you never know who you're dealing with. And you never know what they're capable of. But it's a a rule, it's a motto down here. So for the most part, people, that's why when people come to New Orleans, like I had so much fun in New Orleans, everybody was cool. No, 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 that's, everybody's not cool. You're just (laughs) participating in the cultural motto of the city, which is don't start nothing on be nothing. But the minute mm-hmm. you start something, it just goes woo to a thousand mm-hmm. percent. Whether it's physical with violence or whether it's spiritual, it I mean it goes absolutely crazy. Um, another one of my friends, he's a pastor. Uh, he had a church uptown. Um, he wanted me to sit on the board for his church, a nonprofit. You know, we go back and forth. I didn't really like some of the stuff he was doing. By the bang, by the boom. This is when I early was really, really early into doing the dark waters thing mm-hmm. um he was started to buy the property around his church because he just wanted to like 
he was getting money from the federal government, so he started buying people's houses, right? Right. Well, he buys everybody's house except for this one lady's house. She's got a hole in the roof, um, like literally to where the rain comes in, and she's got buckets on the ground in the house Damn. and all the rest of this. So he tells me, hey, man, you buy real estate, go knock on the door, talk to the lady. So I go and knock on the door, I talk to her, and I'm like, listen, church wants to buy your property. I'm going to make sure they give you a fair price. And she says, um, I practice voodoo, and I don't want the church to have this property. And mm. So I tell her, I say, listen, you practice voodoo, you practice voodoo, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're going to get some money. I said, money right. should outweigh all of that. I said, what would it cost? She tells me again, I'm not going to do anything to help that church, blah, blah, blah. It's against my religion. I'm like, I don't know how that's against your religion. So I'm <laughs> looping the lady. Like, you know, normally when you loop a person, ask a person a question three different mm -hmm. times, three different ways, they say yes. Mm -hmm. I get to the third time and her voice changes. Like, and it changes to this like raspy, um, gargly, like a raspy voice with fluid in her throat. Mm. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Like little, like little Wayne on some lean. Like he just had a cup of lean. <laughs> yeah, but an overweight, an overweight little Wayne on lean. Okay. And <laughs> like CPAP little Wayne. CPAP little Wayne. Well, her voice changes. She says, leave right now. I'm going to curse oh, you. And I'm like, well, I'm about to go. I ain't got no time. I'm not about to right. be cursed over this. So I leave. I go tell him. I said, listen, bro, that brought around the corner. So she fat, she ugly, and she practiced that voodoo. I said, she's not selling this house. And he's like, what? I'm like, she's not selling this house. And I, I think you really need to do some prayers. She might get at your throat. Yeah, and well, to yeah. top it off. <laughs> like, not only is she get... fat and ugly, here's the kicker. Voodoo. <laughs> voodoo. I'm cursed. So, you're cursed. We're all cursed now. Yeah. Thanks. But no, she started throwing curses at him. So she oh, throws shit. the first curse at him. His wife is pregnant. She started getting pain in the stomach. Get um, the fuck out of yep, here. She started throwing curses at him. The second curse, um, uh, the, a portion of the church catches on fire, but it's a small portion. And then um, the problem with my friend was, is, well, still, I would say was, but still is, we grew up in a church together. So when you, when you deal with a person who's a pastor and they've been to seminary school and they know everything and you're trying to tell them stuff, they know more than you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there saying, listen, mm -hmm. bro, you need to pray against this woman specifically. Yeah. You need to pray against her because she's praying against you. He's like, well, God's going to protect me, blah, 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 blah. I said, no, 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 no. I said, you're a preacher. But I said, but we boys, man, we done been out drinking together, smoking cigars together. Dog, you're not perfect. I, you're not yeah. talking to one of your regular parishioners. I know you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? like, dog, Does it look like I'm wearing a suit right now? Yeah. It's a Sunday. What are we doing? Like, yeah. bro, I know you. Your stuff not all the way together. Yeah. And I'm telling him this. And he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Like a week passes. And I know he starts praying against her because he calls me. He says, well, why don't you pray with me? So we pray together. Dude, another week after that passes, and there's this vicious storm. When I say vicious, it's one of those rainstorms, like a Louisiana rainstorm that pops up. But the storm ends up damn near being localized by this church. Lightning strikes that lady house three times. No, three, and you gotta know there's a hole in the roof, bro. Lightning strikes that lady house three times. Oh my god, she didn't get a chance to sell it because she had to move from it. Oh, gone. Bye bye. Get out of here. That's Damn. the type of stuff that happens. Down Ow. Here. Oh, Ow. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, record. Of I'm on your guys' side. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you know? in the house. No, it's like that comedian that was like. 
I, I, I had this jab and that jab, and, and wham. I think God loves me more, and boom, falls. And right he was on the stage. like I said, man, God was doing dishes, and he was like, "What was that last part?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, that's silly stuff, man. But that's the kind of stuff that happens down here when you start talking about like spiritual warfare mm. and voodoo, hoodoo, voodoo. Um, can you it's, explain? It's, can you explain the difference between voodoo and hoodoo for the? The people that don't know what that is, us, Chris, yeah, me, for, us. for me, for me, for, yeah, no, no, put me in that too. Because when I think when I think Same. voodoo, I'm thinking like you said, the woman that goes around cursing people, voodoo dolls, hurting people, dark spirits, inviting them in, and then letting them run rampant. That, but I don't have the opposite of what hoodoo is at all. Right? Okay, yeah. When so- you when you first mentioned it, I was like, how many of us have them? friends and i was like nope wrong (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's who dd um well so maybe i don't know essentially voodoo is the religious practice of worshiping old african gods right Mm -hmm. so there's Django, and there's these different gods that people worship and you make sacrifices and like in louisiana there's the the mother of the river i think her name is mama new and there's all these different gods that people worship Mm-hmm. So it's the actual religious practice of worshiping those gods. And there's various okay. different gods. Things happen on St. John's Day and all the rest of this. Hoodoo is the pure magical essence of voodoo. So hoodoo mm-hmm. is, I'm going to go get, um, for example, I'll go get a John the Conqueror root. And it's a root. I'll anoint it with oil. I will put it in a bag. I will put some magnetic metal in that bag and I will carry that in my pocket and it's going to bring me good luck, right? Mm. Um, uh, it's uh, it's spells like the, um, the crown of success spell where someone does this spell for you and it clears the path of all your enemies and destroys everyone in your way. And the stuff actually works if you use it and you try to use it. It definitely mm-hmm. works. The only issue is on the back end, things sometimes go wrong. So mm. hoodoo itself is the actual magic. There's um, like my grandmother practiced hoodoo, like on my mother's side of the family. Right. And she went to church every Sunday, but she was one of the most powerful practitioners in Mississippi. Like she will put something on you that you will never, ever forget. Damn. Um, so people use it in their practices. So one is the actual religion, you know, mm-hmm. If you look it up, you'll see all the gods. And then the other one is just the pure magic. Like, honestly, I tell people all the time, I voodoo, and no, let me not, let me, let me, I don't even say that because I don't want to offend anybody because I don't want no smoke with none of that. Right, right. But I will say it this way. I worry more about a hoodoo practitioner than I worry about a voodoo practitioner because okay. typically voodoo practitioners, it's a faith, it's a religion, it's their religious form of worship. Right. Hoodoo practitioners, and I'll tell you guys another crazy story. Hoodoo practitioners are seeking power and influence mm. over things that they can't control. Uh, I'll take you guys mm. back. So when I was dealing with those phone calls, demonic phone calls specifically, there's this botanical garden on Broad across the street from the Zulu Club. Um, and I went in there because you couldn't talk to I couldn't talk to any pastors about it, like black pastors, because they'd be like, we don't deal with them demons. Yeah. <laughs> we don't deal with them demons. No, no. I'm like, well, man, you did believe in Jesus. No, no demons for me. Hallelujah. No demons. Hallelujah. So you can't talk to them about it. So you got to go to talk to somebody who deals yeah. with it. 
So I'm yeah, talking about that please. last church I was at, boy. Fuck oh yeah. That noise. <laughs> I got a story for you later. <laughs> Listen to this crazy stuff. So I go to this one shop. It's three people that work in there. And the minute I walk in the door, I hit it off with this guy. And we start talking. I tell him about what I do. I show him everything. And he says, okay. He's like, so you get a lot of attacks. And at this point in time, I had so many attacks, bro. Like how I'm sitting on a computer talking to you guys right now. Mm-hmm. I would be doing an interview and my hands are like, I got a cigar in my hand and my other hand is holding like the microphone mute button. So that way there's no extra noise. Damn. And literally stuff on my screen would just be moving. The mouse is landing, but my screen would just be moving. Volume knobs mm. would be going up and down. It was insane. Right. So I'm telling him about all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, this is what's going on. And bada bing, bada boom. And this is weird and it's crazy. And he's like, look, you need to learn how to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And so he tells me, he says, um, what's your religious belief? I said, well, I'm a Christian. He's like, have you been baptized? I'm like, yes. He goes into this corner and he pulls out this book. It's called the Hoodoo Book of Hoodoo Bible Magic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I ain't about to do no hoodoo. And like, I'm getting offended. Yeah. He says, no, buy the book. I said, I'm not buying that book. He says, buy the book. I said, God is not going to strike me with lightning for buying that book. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm not trying to get you to take the book home. You don't trust me yet. So he opens the books and he tears three pages out and he says all right now you're buying these pages and so he lays the pages out and he says these are the psalms of the bible that you as a believer in christ can pray to help you i was like that's hoodoo he said it's hoodoo if you're not a christian and you're using it to hurt someone he says mm. not hoodoo if you're using it the way it's supposed to be to protect yourself he said all you're doing is praying the psalms of the bible the same way that david prayed it. he said if you don't believe me put it down. He said, go back and read all the Psalms and read everything you can read about David. He said, David came up with the Psalms. These was his prayers to God to get God to help him. So, okay, leave that crap there. I'm not playing with you like that. I leave, go home. I'll crack open the Bible. I start reading. I'm like, oh, okay, he ain't really lying to me. Come back. I give him 10 bucks. Take the pages. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I come back and he and I just start talking. He starts educating me on hoodoo, on voodoo, on voodoo, on all the rest of the stuff. We're in there one day, bro, and these two um Haitian voodoo practitioners walk in. There's two heavy set purple black skinned women. Mm. And you can tell they're not American. Yeah. They come in. As soon as they come through the door, you feel them come in the door. Like him and Damn. he and I are at the back, like at the far end of the counter. When the door opens, you feel their presence come in the room. Okay, looks, I was gonna. You meant you meant like their aura that that the, they bring with them, that energy. Yeah, I thought yeah, more man. of like a. <laughs> no, not not <laughs> like no, not like Godzilla Holy into the room. Moses, what's happening? No, no, here? Not like that, but you feel their aura coming into right. the room. The energy and, changes, and he says, he says, "Hey, stay right here, don't move." I'm going to talk to them. I'm like, stay right here. Don't move. Fuck, man. I'm going to do so. I start roaming around the store. I don't know no better, bro. Like, I'm yeah. ignorant. I'm roaming around the store. He's at the end of the counter, and they're asking him for stuff. And they're like, we need dove's blood. We need dragon's blood. We need this, this. So he has these little oils. And they said, no, we need real dove's blood. He said, I don't have a dove in here to kill to give you blood. And they're mm-hmm. like, we know you have doves. And he's like, I don't have doves. And so they're asking about dragon's blood, which dragon's blood was supposed to be human blood. So I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, I don't have none of that. So I'm at the back of the store um, moving towards the front door and he's moving them away from me constantly. So now Mm. they're back at the end of the counter where we work and they're arguing back and forth. And I hear one of them say, you know what? Don't worry about it. You're doing this on purpose. You're not trying to help us. And the other one says, you're going to find out. And they just leave. 
Oh, shit. He comes around the counter. He comes to me. He says, James, listen, leave here and don't come back for two weeks. I'm like, what you mean? He's like, don't come back here for two weeks. You don't need to be here. So I end up leaving, going to Dallas, hanging out with my girl, come back in town, come and visit him once. Talk so to he, him. he he wanted you to leave the city. He wanted me to leave the building. Okay, okay. He knew something was coming. He didn't want me to be in the building. Okay. Again, there was three people that worked in this building. One of the ladies that worked in this building is beautiful Creole lady. I swear to God, if she was 20 years younger, I mean, oh my God, <laughs> she was gorgeous. And then it was his father-in-law who had like got cancer and then you know, went through a remission. So those are three mm-hmm. people that work in the building. I leave, go out of town, come back, visit him once. He basically tells me to leave, don't bring my behind back. I leave, hang out in the city, go back out of town, come back. And when I come back, the woman that was there has had an aneurysm and died. Oh, His shit. father-in-law's cancer has come back in three weeks and he's in the hospital and he meets me at the door. He's like, do not come in here. I'm like, what's going on, man? He's telling me everything. I said, well, what happened? He said, don't come in here, leave. So I leave. I'm chilling at home and just so happened to open NOLA.com and find out that he died in his sleep. Just died. Oh, shit. Dead, gone. Then after he died, the father-in-law died. This is how crazy the magic was. Damn. You can talk to Bloody Mary, who's, uh, she's Bloody Mary's voodoo house here in New Orleans. That's my girl. Mary's cool as hell. Um, nobody wants to buy the inventory from the store because that's how powerful the curse was. So imagine, and this has been three years, there's a store sitting there with all the inventory still there. Mm. Nobody wants to touch it. That's how Every, powerful everything's cursed. Everything. Yeah, damn. So you know what this brings me back to? Um, Dark, we did it. We did an episode. We did. Well, he had him on the show twice. He's a religious demonologist. He goes by the name of Nathaniel Gillis. He's a wonderful guy. He's been on our show a couple times. Great person to talk to. He believes in God. He believes in a creator. But at the same rate, he's a demonologist. He has this gift of seeing things that we don't communicating this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings me back to one of the things that he had said on the last time that he was on our show about, you know, a boy, I think we've talked about it before. Chris, you were there as well. You know, people that say, oh, I only practice like good magic mm-hmm. or whatever. But then on Nathaniel's side, he was telling us that like, it doesn't matter what you believe you're getting your power from. There's no way to verify where it's coming from. And these entities, uh, whatever you call them, demons or dark spirits or fallen angels or whatever, they will come to you however you want them to, 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 to be involved with this world that we're in. Yeah. So you remember he was talking about like, yeah, I didn't want them to come as uh, like a, a terrifying clown because that's what I'm yeah. afraid of. And he's like, yeah, no problem. They won't do that yeah. because they know that you're going to reject that. So mm-hmm. it, it leads me down this path of tying this together of when I hear things about like, uh, you know, I'm a white witch and I only practice the good magic. But I've always had this question of what, how can you verify where your magic or whatever your powers are coming from because you deem it good or you deem it appropriate, or you haven't hurt anybody with it, that you're possibly not just um, opening yourself up to some type of portal for an entity, a dark spirit, a demon, whatever you want to label it, into where we are to now gain access, ride it out, because it's not like they're going anywhere. You know, It's not like they're late for work one day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
to now be involved with this with this world i mean do, do, am i far off are you familiar like what, what would you say on that no you're hitting the nail on the head so it's two things that play a part in it. That person wants some, like I said, they want some type of power mm-hmm. over a situation that they can't control. And typically, um, the person who's practicing that, if unless they're a purist, which there are people who are like pure and purely in a magician, I mean, to magic, right. most people get into it because they want either I want my husband to do what I want him to do, or I need more money, or I need a better job, or I need this, or I need that. Mm-hmm. And when they start getting into it, they open themselves up for the rewards from the what i call the other side of the veil and you don't necessarily know what's giving you that reward you know what i'm saying yeah Um, it opens up a door regardless yes regardless it's gotta be some kind of there's gonna be some kind of cost too i mean you you may get it but like you said you know something takes a turn and then the outcome is just completely off i mean you, you people are bringing like you said that route with oil and then magnets and they're and it to get success but at what's the cost of that success and who are they going to lose and who are they going to hurt in the in the in the long run is just yeah you don't know and i think chris a a lot of people assume that if i get what i ask for it must be from something good yeah because it makes me happy or it makes me feel good or i gain something from it and obviously it's a good thing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying uh i mean that's a scary thought. I mean, I know for yeah. a fact, dude. I know for a fact. And and uh brother, I'll send you the episode uh that you can listen to. Some wild stuff was happening as we're doing this interview. Oh yeah. With Nathaniel, like there was Massive a wild thunderstorm. Thunderstorm. Here. <laughs> the the internet uh-huh. went yeah. out the, the day of recording. There's like blackouts happening and I a part in the episode, I swear to God, as my witness, I'm not making this up. I didn't make it up then. I'm not making it up now. When I was re- when we were recording, I was in this specific room and I heard a distinct two knocks on the door. Mm. So I closed my camera and I opened it up because my wife and I have we have a one year old. So I thought she was trying to get my attention. So I opened the door and I went out. She's sitting on the couch and I said, "Did you knock on the door?" She said, "No, I didn't." And I came back and I was like. <sighs> 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 Okay, guys, uh, things are getting yeah. a little real here. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty wild. It, it was a trip, man. But it's it's one of these things where um, there's not. I'm not trying to sit, like be you know sound tough when I say this, boy, Chris. You guys know, like there's there's not a whole lot of things that that really spook me. You mm-hmm. know, movies, you know, stuff like that. But like, I don't fuck with the demon stuff. Because well, I'm a religious person, I believe in God and the Creator and Jesus Christ. That's the one thing I'm like, nah, dude. I'm not even. They're like, hey, you guys want to mess with a Ouija board? So when somebody suggests we do a Ouija board live, I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's not no, gonna happen. See, well, that's why I have a problem when people are like, let's go in a haunted building or this and that because I would that shit. Yeah, but see, the problem is, is it's you're still opening up a pathway, right? You, you enter a situation like that and i'm sure i'm sure dark waters could probably attest to this but this shit will attach itself to you to an object whatever it is and you don't know it you know what i mean that's what what bugs me like if i show up to a haunted building and i see something fucking shiny on the ground and decide oh i'm gonna take this remember when i was at the sanitarium and <laughs> next thing you know that motherfucker's haunted right and 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 it's one of those situations where 
you bring it home and we've heard countless stories. Some of them are folklore. Some of them are real where they bring home an object and weird shit starts happening. Pet dies, grandma's sick, all this shit. Right. And you have no idea because you never prepared for any of this shit to happen. Like when we go to the Whaley house, right. And they, you go into the little gift shop area and they I have felt the haunted, portal, dude. dude, they got haunted objects there. I don't want any part of that. I don't want any part of any object following me home. That's you laughing right now. So I'm dude. telling you, man. You know that I'm the the skeptic about the group, but I I do certain believe that there are spirits, good spirits and bad spirits, and they definitely have the potential to uh, be be hanging around you and attaching you, dude. And if just, if it, I ever find Gabriel's flaming sword, I'll gladly take it home with me. <laughs> but there's no way in hell. No way in hell I'm, I'm I'm carrying a straight jacket out of you know what I mean a haunted building. <laughs> yeah. Hell no. Oh, I'd love a haunted straight jacket to <laughs> hang in my toddler's room for some. Oh yeah, give me the mouthpiece by the way that you guys put in their mouth as well. Give me that. Let me yeah. Take that yeah. Right. See. Yeah. That's and, wild. And, but there's so much rich history in New Orleans that, I mean, and Voodoo sounds a lot like uh, like Santeria, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, um, has, it has elements of it in it. Yeah, yes. and because there's a lot of lot of um, like like a lot of Latinos out here. I don't know if you guys know Be Real from Cypress Hill. He practices yeah. that. He's a he's a a, a priest. He does a show with the, uh, XG. Yeah, I forget what the the term is for those priests, but yeah, man, and and they were talking about some crazy stuff that that story XG was talking about. His buddy was saying that they were on a car trip and the car crashed because someone put a curse on them, told them they weren't ever going to make it up to to the Bay Area, and Damn. they told him like, "Okay, you need to go and pray." His buddy told him like, "You need to go find a priest. You need to tell him what happened. He's going to give you a protection spell." And you're going to be all right. And at first he was like, nah, that's bullshit. Well, more and more stuff started happening where he was almost dying, like frequently. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they had to go and he he went in and, and sought help and ended up getting protection that way. But like you said, man, you never know. You Like you could bump into somebody and they could just have a bad day. Next thing you know, you're fucking cursed. Like that shit is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but that's not necessarily how it works. Not for us as Christians, right? But right. You can, but I, it's two things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys so I won't forget. Remind me mm. to tell you about Sabiza's. Okay. Let me tell you about Sabiza's Cafe first. Down here in New Orleans, as we talk about New Orleans, I have a friend of mine, or had a friend of mine for whatever reason. He stopped taking my phone calls. I don't know. I pissed him off. I don't know. But a guy named Aaron Dirks, phenomenal entrepreneur. I met him when I was in my 20s at the Young Leadership Council in New Orleans, where I was like the head of economic development. And we worked together to do all kinds of stuff, right? Well, Aaron blows up. He has limousine companies, all this other stuff, making all mm-hmm. kinds of money. And he buys Sabiza's Cafe on Decatur. Sabiza mm-hmm. had been closed for years. It's notoriously haunted. If you even Google Sabiza's and in fact, Google Sabiza's Cafe artwork right now and pull it up. You're going to see behind the bar, there's a picture of Pan, like a freaking oh, goat man, right? Yeah. So he just bought Sabiza's. I'm going on Coast to Coast AM. I'm like, bro, we gonna, I'm going to do some promotion for Sabiza, blah, blah, blah. I got to go to this place. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, come, you know, go to Sabiza's. I'm going to let them know you're coming. You're going to have lunch or whatever. I go down there. I go into the building. They start giving me the tour, bro. And the girl who's giving the tour refused to go upstairs 
She's like, okay, one of the cooks are gonna take you upstairs. But I'm in the story, so I'm like, no, no, I'm not going upstairs. Fuck that. Why you not going? Yeah, right. Why you not going? <laughs> yeah. And so she says, well, you know, there's a shadow man that they call the angry man here, and if you mm -hmm. go upstairs, it follows girls home. So oh, my boy done sent me into this place, so I walk outside, get on the mm -hmm. phone. I call him like, yo, AD, why you ain't tell a brother they got some shit called the angry man up in here that follows people <laughs> home? He was like, nah, nah, you straight in only follow women home. He ain't going to mess with you. He's like, but there is, it used to be a speakeasy in a prostitution place. So upstairs, you know, you may feel something touch you on your thigh or pinch you on okay. your butt. You may feel something. He's like, but you're going to be fine. I'm like, all right. So I go upstairs, right? I'm not and trying to feel either of those things. What do you mean <laughs> I'm going to be oh, fine? I'm about to tell you some crazy stuff, bro. So oh. I go upstairs, and they're giving me the tour. And there's this chandelier. And the guy giving me the tour literally positions me under the chandelier. Hmm. And we're talking. But I notice his punk ass is not under the chandelier. <laughs> I am. So I'm looking, and I'm standing at the dude. I start feeling hot. Like, um like flush hot, like hot on right. the inside, right? Yeah. Then yeah. I feel something touching on my thigh. Then I feel something like pinching my butt to the point where I turn around and look and he's laughing. And I'm oh. like, yo, my man, like what, what's going on? He was like, well, that's the spirit of the white woman. And when men come in here that she's attracted to, she tries to touch them on their thighs and okay. try and touch their private parts. So okay. I'm like, all right, I done seen enough. I'm leaving. Right. So he's like, no, no, I got to show you more. I'm like literally walking out of the building. I go down the steps, walk past the kitchen. They got a plate for me and everything. The guy's like, we got food for you. I walk out of the building to the sidewalk, and I'm on the sidewalk. And I'm screaming at them from the sidewalk saying, hey, listen, I'm going to do the promotion of this, but I'm not coming back in there. You can bring me my plate out here. I'll eat out mm -hmm. here and blah, 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 right? So they put me in contact with the female witness that the angry man followed home for the Coast oh, to Coast interview yeah. because I was like, look, I'm not going on coast to coast telling this story based on some email this broad saying you're gonna have to right. let me talk to her. So he gets me on the phone with the girl and she tells me the story. She's like, Well, I saw the angry man when I was closing one night, and she's like, It's just a giant shadow figure. She's like, He mm -hmm. was in the doorway to the kitchen and he was there for a second, then he was gone. She's like, I went to the North Shore, which is like New Orleans is on the South Shore. There's Lake Pontchartrain, there's the Causeway Bridge. She goes, that's damn near 50 miles away from downtown. Mm -hmm. Goes to the North Shore to stay with her boyfriend. He has a house, has a swimming pool. The broad goes swimming, bro. She's swimming in the pool, doing laps, swimming underwater. And so she's headed back from the far end of the pool towards the house. And you know how when you're swimming underwater, you can look up and you'll see a person, right? Right. And you can see the silhouette of a person. This right. is broad daylight. She's looking and she sees the silhouette and she's thinking it's her boyfriend. So she's just going to splash him with water. So she gets to the end. She jumps up to splash him with water. The water flies up into the air. Her eyes clear. And this this 12-foot-tall shadow figure standing there in broad daylight. And she's oh, like, James, shit. the water hit the shadow, and it ran down the shadow. Oh, and she says, so okay. I dove backwards shit. into the water. And she was like, I'm a very good swimmer. She said, you know, I can go swimming in lakes. I, I, I can swim. She said, I dove back into the water to start going away, and something started pulling me back was in the water like dragging me down into the water so it drags her from the shallow end back backwards down into the deep end like oh, on an angle to where you're going shit. down in the water yeah so now the broad's underwater struggling her boyfriend just so happened to be looking out the window didn't see the shadow just saw her in the water struggling runs out of the house dives into the water and gets it right so mm. 
with my witnesses, when you tell me somebody was there, I'm like, I got to talk to the other person. I'm like, where yeah. your boyfriend at? She's like, oh, he's around. Hold on. I'm like, all right. I'm thinking, you know, she's going to call him. You hear doors open like, babe, I need you to tell blah, blah, blah what happened with the shadow man. And he was like, I don't like talking about that because I think it's going to come back. She's like, well, Ooh. this is Aaron's friend and he's going to talk about it on the radio. He's like, I don't want anybody talking about that. And so she puts him on speakerphone. I said, all right, you don't want to talk about it. Clearly lets me know that something happened. I said, let mm-hmm. me ask you one question that's going to tell me whether you're telling the truth or not. I said, what did you see when you were looking out of that window? He said, I saw her body being drugged under the water like someone was pulling her. And so he was like, yeah. she was moving fast and it wasn't normal. He said, so I ran and dove into the water, but I didn't know what was going on. I just knew my girl was being pulled in the water. I was like, all right, thank you. Let me get off the phone with you. I'm done with you guys. So um, when we start talking about New Orleans and like crazy paranormal stuff that happens, mm-hmm. um, it's insane. Now, I went to that place and I didn't I didn't pick up anything. I didn't have a problem. But at the same time, I didn't play around in it. And right. when, you, when I went into the building, I don't know if you found the pictures, but when I went to the building. It, how, how do you spell that, by the way? I'm, uh, I'm S-I-B-I-Z-A Cafe. S-I-B-I-Z. I think it's S-I. Sub-Bezos, yeah. It might be S-A, but S-I or S-A. Anyway, I didn't pick up anything. I wasn't worrying about it. Then I did a ghost hunt with one of these guys from um, Ghost Adventures. There's Zach. There's the other guy, and there's the guy that fell out with them. I forgot his name. Mm. Um, uh, gosh, I know. I know. I can see his face. I can't think of his name. What's that guy's name? I can't remember his name. But anyway, he's on this ghost hunt. It's like a Paracon convention that Bloody Mary okay. had at her, her murder house, right? Which is basically mm-hmm. what the place that she has for her, where she has her shop. Never want to so, be a place called a murder house. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's a place where this guy, Zach, killed this chick, Addie, after Hurricane Katrina. Like, he cut her body up and cooked her head in pots and, like, Fuck. had her body parts in tub. And then he went and committed suicide jumping off a building. Like, it's a real deal. It's like, it's a murder house. So, yeah, um, it's me and him. And his groupies, because every time I've oh, been yeah. a couple of things with him around, he's got like the same four groupies that come that always like, ooh, hey, how you doing? Yeah. So we're <laughs> doing this ghost hunt. And I wanted to do it because, I, you know, he's been on TV. He knows how to do ghost hunts. I was kind of excited or whatever. So we sitting in the room and you're supposed to sit in the dark. And I'm sitting on one wall. He's sitting on the other wall. And the cameras are live. And I'm sitting there. And some people went in the bathroom where the girl was cut up, and because like it was like the bathroom and the kitchen were in the same spot. Like, okay, go in there's a stove, and then to the right around the stove, you go around the corner, there's a tub. It was it's a really small place. So I'm sitting there and I just want to sing. Like, just all of a sudden, I want to sing. And it's um it's this song from uh it's a song from this movie that Samuel Jack, it was called Nobody Gets Out, Nobody Gets Out Alive. So I'm just sitting there and I was like, man, I want to sing. So I'm like, nobody gets out alive. Oh, shit. And I'm just singing a song. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's like, life is a highway with a mountains mighty high, mountains mighty high. So I'm like breaking out in the full song, bro. Like, mm-hmm. just singing. And he's just sitting there looking at me like, okay, this dude's singing. And I'm like, bro, I don't know why I want to sing. So I go through that singing thing. We sit. We switch spots. Now, when I go sit where he where he's sitting, I'm sitting there. I don't feel like singing anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at him, and something's like. And I always carry a blade on me, like you know, like a concealed blade with the sheet, right. so you can pull it. I'm sitting there, and something's like slit his throat. I'm like, what? 
Oh, it's just a thought in my head, like slit his throat. I'm like, I'm not slitting that man's throat. With and I'm talking to myself and my like, I'm not slitting his throat. Then I realized, okay, there's something in here. So I'm like, yo, listen, bro. I knew his name at that point in time. So I tell him, listen, I'm going downstairs because something weird's going on. Like I'm feeling kind of weirded out. I'm gonna go downstairs. Yeah. So I just leave, right? Go downstairs. We go and look at the review the cameras because the way her, her her shop is set up, she does the ghost tours, but while you're on a tour, all the rest of these people are watching you on camera. Mm. So we review the footage, and you see an orb of light come and slam into me while I, before I start singing, and then you see another orb of light come go past me into the wall and circle back around like and slam into me while I was thinking about slitting his throat. And I was like, okay, this is my last Shit. time coming here, and I won't be doing this anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But once I left, before I left, I, I found a spot to myself because they was doing like spirit boxes. I ain't doing none of that. Right. I found a spot to myself in the courtyard and I sat on a bench and I prayed. I said, listen, God, whatever's here, it needs to stay here. I only came mm. here because Mary's my girl. I thought it was a good business opportunity. I'm really not with the whole demon thing. You know your boy don't rock like that. Right, right. This needs to stay right here. Let them play with somebody else. But I'm going to go ahead and leave. So I go to Mary. I'm like, Mary, you know, some weird stuff going on, honey. She's like, James, you got weirded out, babe. Go ahead and leave. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It's closed. Like somebody has to let me out the door. So Damn. She walks, let me out the door. I get in the car and I leave. So, um, and I, I really believe the difference is when you do have the spirit of God with you, you have discernment and you have your consciousness aware of things. Right. So right. I knew something was off. I knew something was when I started singing a song because I'm literally right. singing like Sam Jackson, singing all. <laughs> and um, and I definitely knew something was off when it said it was just a thought said slit his throat. Yeah. Like you have a blade slit his throat. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's not how I rock. This man ain't did me nothing wrong. Are you crazy? I'm going downstairs. Yeah. So, um, the influence was there, but it didn't attach itself to me. It didn't do anything else. It was like once I left, it was over. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy the kind of stuff, paranormal wise, that you encounter. Like another one. Check this one out. This one real crazy. So oh, great. I'm in Dallas. <laughs> I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm going through one of those 90-day periods where I take phone calls. So, like, right now, I'm in, I'm in day 10 of 90 days of taking people's phone calls, right? Okay. Um, and after 90 days, it seems like once you get towards the end of 90 days, you start getting all demonic stuff. So, I cut it off at 90 because it's, by then, everybody knows they can call you and the worst of the worst start calling. Oh, like they shit. build up their okay. confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm at the end of the 90 days, I'm at Dallas Cigars on Greenville. I'm smoking cigars. I take a phone call from this lady, and I want to say she was in North Carolina. I could be wrong, but the call starts off with starts off like, "Hey, Dog Waters, you know, I really wanted to talk to you. I'm looking for some help and some answers." I'm like, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm into stories. I don't know if I can give you answers, but tell me your story." Right. So she starts off with, "Well, my family's cursed." I'm like, "Okay, that's uh, I, Lord. We start with a curse," and she starts breaking down everything that's cursed. She's like. You know, if we get a car, the car gets wrecked. Mm-hmm. If we get money, something happens and goes wrong. Uh, either something breaks or somebody steals it, steals the money. Um, we bought a house. My parents bought a house and the house caught on fire. And she tells me about this house that her and her parents were riding in a car by when they were shopping for a house. And a mother saw the house and fell in love with it. It was like, I got to have this house. We got to have this house. My mom went absolutely crazy harassing her dad about getting this house so they get it and she tells me she says you know and my real bad activity started in that house for me personally she tells me the story about how she was laying in the bed and 
the way her bedroom was set up, she could see down the hallway to the living room where her father was watching TV. Like, mm-hmm. not see him watch TV, but you can see the lights from the okay. TV, right? Yeah. And um, she said she was laying in the bed, and she saw this gigantic shadow begin to manifest in the hallway, and she described it like um, a giant ink stain. She was like, you know, if you like, if you drop one drop of ink, it's like it splatters, mm-hmm. and then it splatters, and it splatters, and it splatters. She was like, it was a giant ink stain. That's what it looked like. It was like one drop, then boom, 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 okay. and it spread, and it took up the whole hallway to the point to where she couldn't see the light, and it started moving down the hallway in her direction. So she screams. Her father comes running through that that like shadow mm-hmm. and comes into the room with her, and then her father turns around and sees the shadow, and then it disappears. Oh, and she said after that, um, she started being like molested in her sleep. So she would be oh. laying in the bed. She lay on our side, look at the curtains. And and this is really messed up because but you got to have this background. To understand right. what happened to me after talking to her. So she's right. laying in the bed. She's looking at the curtains. <laughs> the curtains are moving and they peek like, you know, like something pulls the curtains back. And this this dilapidated looking witch. And up until recently, I, I never had a way of accurately describing this, what she described, but I can tell you exactly what it looked like on this, um, on his TV show, Grimm, there's these things called hexen beasts. Mm-hmm, you ever yeah. seen the TV show Grimm when they like mm-hmm. morph? Yeah. Yep. There's the hexen beast, the female like things where their faces is rotten and yeah. like, decayed. That's yeah, literally yeah. exactly what she described. When, when I saw that show, I was like, holy crap, Ooh. people have described this to me. Well, she sees that, it lets the curtain go. She tries to go to bed. She says a prayer, tries to go to bed. Like an hour later, she wakes up and she feels something behind her. And she feels this finger like going down into her underwear, curving around her female parts. And it goes into her poop shooter, right? So um, poor girl jumps up and like freaks out. I'm making her relive the story. So she's crying on the phone with me and she's telling me all this. So it gets to the point to where I'm like, listen. This is going too far. I need you. We need to take a break. Let's take right. a fifteen minute break. I'm gonna go get something to eat. You get some water. Get something to eat. We're gonna come back. And I'm like pulling her out of that moment. I'm cracking jokes, and I get her out of it. And I'm like, look, let's take a break. I'll call you back. So I go to like Wing Shack, get some wings, and some fries, come back, sit down at a table instead of like the little smoker's chair. Right. And I call her back. The minute the phone rings, I start eating fries and uh, nuggets, and this voice says clearly in my head. Stop eating, throw everything you have away, and start drinking water. I'm like, what? Stop eating, drink, throw everything you have away, and start drinking water. And I'm like, hey, no, it, 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 before it said that, it said, get off the phone with her. Then it said, stop drinking, Mm. and all the rest of this stuff, right? So I get off the phone with her because at this point in time, I knew to follow my gut instincts and what I was hearing in my head because that's God speaking to me. And so I get off the phone with her, I get up, throw the stuff away, drink the water. And I go into the bath. I drink the whole thing of water fast. I go into the bathroom and fill that water bottle up again. By the time I get into that bathroom, my throat is closing. Like, like I'm having a um, anaphylactic. I don't know. I guess an allergic reaction or anaphylactic. Yeah, yeah. Like so my throat is closing. I, I'm coughing, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And at first, I'm like, "Okay, you smoking cigars? Maybe some acid reflux type stuff." But I right. only ate one nugget and like two or three fries. So I'm like, "That don't make no damn sense." It takes like 10, 15 minutes. I'm gagging, trying to throw up. I can't breathe. I'm like, okay, this is something bad. This is when it goes crazy. I leave. Go back to the apartment with my old lady. We go through hanging out, bada bing, bada boom. It's time to go to bed. And um, 
my old lady gets hot at night like a freaking oven. <laughs> oh, she must know my wife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, the woman, and then she gets mad at me, like, you're hot. No, baby, you're hot, and you're yeah. having me sweating. Get the hell away from me. <laughs> so she goes into one of those hot spells. And mm-hmm. so we lay back to back because I'm trying to get some air and I'm going to sleep. And I feel um I feel this finger. It, it's that period between when you're right between when you're half awake. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. when you're half awake, right before you fall all the way to sleep. Like I almost this... paralysis in a way, but you're I know what you're talking about. I think we've talked about it on the yeah. show. Which before like you get in REM a... sleep, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Before yeah. you go to REM. I feel this finger going into my mouth, pushing my lips down, pushing my teeth open, and I feel it going into like this long, sharp fingernail going down into my throat. Like I can feel it to the point to where I'm like, I'm waking up and I'm like, what the hell? And I bite down. And when I bite down, I taste, um, you know, when you was a kid and you put a penny in your mouth? Well, like a dirty penny, like when I fell on the ground. It Mm -hmm. tastes like a dirty penny. You know what I'm saying? Like how that penny mm-hmm. has that it, pennies almost tastes like blood, right? So yeah, it has yeah, that yeah. penny taste yeah, yeah. to it. Um, but it's like grimy and dirty. And I bite down, I open my eyes, and I don't see anything. But I know the taste is still in my mouth. So I'm like, oh crap, oh, this shit. is some other stuff. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm nervous, I'm scared. I'm like, all right, but I'm I'm gonna chill, I'm gonna go back to sleep. So I start going back to sleep again, and this time it goes into my nose, down through my sinuses, and down into my throat. And so this time I reach up and I grab and I grab a, a wrist. I feel oh. I literally feel the wrist. And I open Damn. my eyes. And as I'm open my eyes, I feel that wrist pulling away. But my hand is still there. Like, you know how your grip is still there? My, yeah. my grip is still there. Like, I know I had this. Dude, mm. I freak out. I get up out the bed. And I'm I selling the house. I'm changing my name. I'm leaving the country. <laughs> I, no fa- I'm joining the Taliban, so they can't. You know what I mean? The Taliban. Fuck, fuck this. I'm out, bro. I'm freaked out. I get up. I go out to the balcony, and I don't really know what to do. But I have this horrible feeling, like just like man, something is like sitting on top of me. Mm-hmm. And so I just go on the balcony. I just put on like preachers, like I just put on YouTube pastors preaching. Yeah, and I think that happened like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. I end up going to sleep at like five, right? Damn. Go to sleep at five. Um, my old lady pops up. Hey, babe, we gonna go some brunch and blah blah blah. I ain't telling nothing about it. We gonna get brunch, so we gonna get brunch and all the rest of this stuff. Um, I leave, come back to New Orleans. That same night that I leave, she calls me the following morning and says, "Babe, something weird is going on." Because I was sleeping and it was like something was touching on my face in my sleep, and. Mm-hmm. I got pissed. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, you know, just that we're not playing none of those games. So I started reaching out to demonologists and people and talking to them. And that was when I really, really learned how to defend myself talking to demonologists. Mm-hmm. And but it kept on going. Like, um, one of my shoes, like back in those days when I was living on Robert Street, I wasn't really sitting on a whole bunch of money in those early days. So I went through a divorce. So I mm-hmm. literally had one pair of tennis shoes. Well, one of my tennis shoes went missing. And bro, I'm I'm a I'm a guy, guy, so I'm messy. So I take my shoes off and kick them by the door. Yeah, one shoe will be under the bed, but it ain't gonna be where I can't find the shoe. Right. But the shoe is missing, and I'm wearing these old messed up um dress shoes every day. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to go down to the washroom to wash clothes, and I put a load of clothes in the in the washing machine, and the washing machine is going like like something's off. So I'm like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? I look it around, and that shoe is underneath the backside of the washing machine. 
Oh, shit. So, you know, like the back, there's four corners on those square walls. Yeah. Machines. The back right corner, the shoe, the tip of the shoe is underneath what the that hell? portion of the washing machine. I'm like, how? Like, how? And, bro, I didn't go down there and bring my shoe down. Yeah. That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> damn so, sure didn't pick up the washing machine. <laughs> no. And I'm like, bro, and it was so crazy because um, it turned out that her family, I had somebody that was a real deal witch witch mm-hmm. talk to her because I wasn't talking to no more. Her family had got cursed by troll magic oh, five what? generations prior. No shit. My dirty, what? no good, what is it? Dirty, rotten, no good pig stealing great, great grandfather. Yep. <laughs> he should have walked up that mountain with that woman. Just yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> if only, if only, uh, what back? Yeah. Damn. On, so, Okay, Five so generations. so this, yeah, okay, because that's something I always wondered about. Because when I was a kid, I swore up and down my family was cursed. Like we just couldn't catch a break. Ever since we had moved from the Bay Area to Southern California, I got to a point where I was convinced that my family was cursed. But I was like, man, there's no way. Like, so we're talking about that's got to be some strong ass magic, right? For for a generational curse. Yeah, what's the half-life how, on that bitch? Well, I mean, like, how do you even deal with a generational curse? You have to pray that off of you. You have to break Man. that generational curse. So, so but everybody just, has gotta... generational curses on them. Everybody has things that their grandfather did, right, their great-grandfather right. did. Like, everybody has those generational curses, and it passes down through your bloodline. I broke all of mine once I once the demonologist told me what I needed to do to break them. You mm-hmm. had to pray them off of you. He's like, no. You need, he's like, your grandmother practiced hoodoo? I was like, yeah, she was badass in hoodoo. Oh, he's like, man. well, you need to break those curses. And I was yeah. like, well, I don't know how. He's like, here's the prayer. You need to do seven days, 21 days, 32 days. And th- this is the crazy thing about the breaking curses prayer. Mm-hmm. My same friend, Jason, I was telling you guys about who um, who will see in the shadow people in his house, right? Right. Yeah. He comes over one night um, while I'm living where I'm at now. It's like 11 o'clock at night, he comes over. We're sitting outside talking. We end up talking like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're talking about um, one of these. At this point in time, he was dealing with some people. They set him up and got him caught up on a DUI. So basically, mm-hmm. he went to an event. Um, they sent the chick at him. He was drinking with the chick. Uh, didn't go home with the chick, but she got him drunk. And when he left, they had one of the constables pull him over and get him on a mm-hmm. DUI, right? It's DUI, DWI, DUI, right? It's DUI. Um, And so we're just talking about all that. And he was like, bro, you know, um, I have all this bad stuff that's happening to me. And he tells me about this woman that comes to him in his dreams. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, well, man, when I sleep at night and I lay on my side in my dreams, there's this woman that's always sitting at a a chair um, in front of a mirror and she's brushing her hair and she's always talking to me. And she told me she's been with me since I was a kid and she's made me promiscuous and she's done all these different things. And he, at that point in time, mm. he had like certain problems with, you know, wilding out when it came to women. Right. Well, same. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, bro, you need to break that off of you. And he mm-hmm. was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, look, let's do seven days of breaking curses prayers. So I get him to agree to it. We do seven days. And after the end of the seven days, I said, are you still having the dreams? He was like, yes. I said, okay, let's do 21 days. So he and I do 21 days where every day in the morning we wake up and do the prayer. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for him. He's praying for himself. After that's broken, 
And this is how powerful those generational curses is and those curses that come from your bloodline and especially mm-hmm. stuff that happened to us as a kid. Right. After that curse was broken, his business shot through the roof. I think his revenue went up by 323%, oh, wow. 332%. Um, his relationships, all of them got better. Like mm-hmm. everything got better for this guy. I mean, across the board, everything got better. And if he was listening to right now, he called in, he'd be like, he calls me black. He doesn't call me James or Dark Waters. He calls me like my New Orleans nickname because I'm mm-hmm. dark skin. Everybody called me black. He's like, black, man, the best thing you ever could have did for me was teach me how to break those curses because my life has gotten so much better. So I say all that to say those generational curses are there yeah. because it's things that we've done or we've been around or our family's done that passed down to us. And so we right, have to break right. them. And, but those people never broke them even when she went to the witch the witch never taught her how to break it and mm-hmm. i wasn't messing with her no more because god told me to leave her the hell alone so i was like i'm right. like no lady don't call i blocked her number don't call me damn damn that's crazy you know what's interesting is i've i've never really thought about that like all the crazy stuff we talk about on this show i've never thought about like okay so 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 my family i'm, I'm half german i'm half irish right i'm sure oh, there's boy. some others oh boy that's, okay, <laughs> let me get there, guys. Ninety Relax. days of prayers for you. One hundred and twenty. One eighty. No, we going. Yeah, there, we, yeah, there we go. Um, well, I just this is something I've never thought of. I'm sure there's other stuff mixed in there. It could be some, you know, some Norsemen, some Vikings. I don't uh, know. I'm you, white as shit. Hey, so yeah, but you 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 <laughs> but, dance your ass off though. So you might got a little drop of something in there. You know, I might maybe. You know, um, I spanked the planks with the best of them. But my point is, like, I've never thought like. What did my ancestors in Germany do? I mean, let's not get into World War II. We, I know, we know. <laughs> but go on my Irish yeah, side, like that that lineage <laughs> that comes all the way from the Celts and all this stuff that they were into. Mm-hmm. And, and like, man, is that like trickling down? Is that like why? Well, you know, it, I've it never did. even thought about that. No, because I got a lot going through my head right now. Mo- a lot of my my from my dad's side of the family, they're all from Louisiana. After that, you know, you fucked up too, bro. Dude, so so this is what I'm saying because <laughs> let's talk about Chris now. You all fucked well, up. Let's talk about Chris family. The, the only yeah, the only generational issue I have is that got passed down to me is I'm like a complete asshole all the time. So the, other than that, I'm <laughs> yeah, good. Get, yeah, you can we can other say that I'm good. Chris goes, yeah, yeah pass. <laughs> well, so because something that that always um so my, my great grandmother, she was born into slavery, right? So I always had a lot of questions, but there wasn't a whole lot of answers because there's a lot of the family that didn't want to talk about it or whatever, whatever. And then um, talking to my dad about, uh, you know, his ancestors and stuff. They had moved from Louisiana to Texas. My dad was born in Beaumont, Texas. Then complete culture shock. His family moves to Watts, you know, when he's 16 years old. He went from a good old country boy to now he's thrown in the city. Right. So but the, he, he had a big family, a huge family. And his dad has kids from other women and it it's wild. So when you when you go back to like that generational stuff, you have you never know. You never know. And literally, wild, like you said, man. everybody has, you know, a skeleton in the closet. So um, when when you do these when you do these uh, curse breaking spell or uh, prayers, is there a reason why there it's like seven day increments? No, the the demonologist just told me 
um, the average person can break their can break their generational curse in seven days. Okay. He didn't tell me, you know, numer- like numerology. Yeah, it's yeah. Like God's favorite number is seven. I don't think that's it. But none of it could be it. We didn't go that deep because right. when he told me about it, I was like, yo, I'm but, just yeah. going to do what you say, dude. Right. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I, I, I didn't even ask. Seven days. Questions. Got it. Yeah. Seven days. You got that, bro. Let me, <laughs> I'm going to holler back at you in seven days. Pal. There you we go. Talk. But yeah. um, so it may be that. But okay. I'll tell you what, it works, bro. Um, Man. You can, and for people who want those prayers, that guy ended up, that demonologist ended up dying, but his wife is Damn. still doing it. It's the sword of St. Michael.org, and you go to Haunting Help. And okay. actually, on my website, I have a purple banner that mm-hmm. says, Are you haunted? Need help? Click the link, and that link takes you exactly to those breaking curses. Oh, wow. Prayers. Okay. Because um, I've discovered you know trying to pray for certain people when you depending on what's on that person mm-hmm. like some of those things don't really like you helping them right and so it's like oh i'm helping this person they're like nah you're gonna lose your keys for four days your PlayStation <laughs> gonna blow up. yeah well, you're gonna drop that knife on your foot right <laughs> you know yeah taking the remote so taking the batteries so... out of the remote i can't tell you how many times that because i always carried a pocket knife on me and i dropped that thing on my pocket and almost lacerate my foot i mean i must have pissed some people off your hands that's why you were never a receiver huh yeah but um, quarterbacks buddy (laughs) but that's why i tell people like you can and it's it's, you can break it off of yourself the problem is Mm -hmm. most people are not conscious of it right right everything in this world keeps people is is feeding the people's subconscious mind constantly i mean yeah and as it feeds into their subconscious mind, all of this foolishness, they move so far away from the spiritual world and the spiritual realm, even though it that realm encompasses everything that happens to us daily. So right. they're so caught up in a carnal realm that they um, they don't know to break it and they don't even see um, those curses and those things that happen to them. For example, mm-hmm. my son, my oldest son, he came in my room, it was like two weeks ago. And he said, yo, Pops, he's like, you know, I'm having problems with I don't know if it was pornography or whatever the hell it was. It was I think it might have been he was probably having a problem looking at porn. Mm-hmm. That like, is oh. a deep ass question for a father and a son. Oh right. no, I just, oh I keeps it real. My son. There I you say, go. Man, I tell him, bro, you ain't the first person to whack off. You ain't gonna be the last person. To whack off. <laughs> I say, but let me tell you something. If it's if it's a problem for you and you know it's a problem, then you need to pray on it. Mm. He was like, okay, and so he leaves. And he does his prayers. He used the Psalms of the Bible. He prayed the Psalms. And a couple of days later, I said, you still wagging off? He's like, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm like, okay, cool. Damn, you looking at any porn? No, nah, I'm not looking at it. Okay, cool. That's and so cool. it's if you're conscious of it, right? and I say that consciousness is the God spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have that God spirit, which convicts you like, I don't need to be doing this. Right. Then you're going to constantly run into a wall and stop. And you may run into that wall again shit tomorrow night he may be in there wagging off but right the end of the matter the, the fact, fact of the matter is he knows mm-hmm. okay this is how i change this behavior pattern right He's conscious enough right. so once you're conscious in one area of your life you can sit there and say man my finances is all messed up and my relationship with my wife is messed up something's wrong mm-hmm. let me turn to prayer but for the person who's not conscious and they're completely consumed with everything that's going on their subconscious mind is feeding every little thing that comes in everything in the news, everything on TV, everything, they don't activate like that. So they just keep going. They don't bump into the wall. They just go through one wall and then they go through a door. Then they go down the steps and then they go down an elevator. Next thing you know, they're like, man, my life is shit. Yeah, your life is shit, bro. (laughs) You're not paying attention to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think this life has a way of distracting us from getting back to that connection spiritually to God and the rewards that we would get if we get that deeper relationship with them. But everything in society is teaching us to stay away from it, distract us, and to not have that relationship. And I think that uh, most people miss that is, you know, distractions, the phone, work, all the stuff that weighs us down and pushes further and further away from them instead of putting him first. And then our problems get worse and worse and worse. And we wonder why, because we're not reaching out. We're not praying. We're not doing the little things to, to get us that closer spiritualness with our, our creator. For sure. And that's by design. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like those cell phones yeah. do that on purpose. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Netflix yeah. puts Netflix puts on Netflix shows and movies intentionally to do that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yep. Like, that's why I watch like old, all old school stuff. And my favorite yep. show is like Father Brown. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like British mm-hmm. TV with an old father <laughs> running around solving murders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I just don't want to feed that stuff into my mind. And like exactly. for like in the black community, bro, it's so crazy because um I was I was young when gangster rap came out, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the programming from music, it went from gangster rap to like this uh really um not too sure yeah it was not not too sure what it is yeah it's all it's drugs it's it's glorifying being a drug addict but not the dealer yeah not not they don't glorify the dealer it's the materialism yeah 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 Yeah. oh you're right you're right It, 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 it went gangster rap then it went to I got you know this Bentley, that Bentley, yep. and then it went to say that with I'm high all the time. Mm, then it went to I'm high all the time. Now it's like yeah. I'm taking Molly's Percocets, I'm on yeah. drugs, and I can't really talk because everything yeah. is mumble rap. Exactly. So it's it's all programming that um, that programs people's subconscious mind, and that subconscious mind is your connection to God, mm-hmm. and it just severs that connection. It's yeah. easy to get it back, but if you're not aware of it. Yep. Then it's severed, you know. Well, you see what they did to Kanye once he started rapping about God and Jesus, and mm-hmm. they didn't want nothing to do with him no more. They said he was crazy, out of his mind. You know, he he's on stage talking about demons and possession and how he had to pray to get away from it. Yeah, and and he's just everyone says he's crazy now. You know, I'm over here like, no, he's telling the truth. <laughs> Well, guys, we, we mentioned on the last show when we had uh, uh, Garrett King's part two, and we were talking oh, about man. 432 hertz, and why do you think that we have rubbers on our rubber soles in our shoes? And, yeah. uh, you know, every show that put this, it doesn't matter if it's Netflix or if it's YouTube or whatever it is, it's a distraction from something. Mm-hmm. And, and so much of it is just absolutely mindless. Um, and I think there was a comedian that was talking about this. I think it was Andrew Schultz, maybe, that mentioned this. That said, what if, in fact, TikTok, for an example, we don't have TikTok. Mm. Um, China puts out videos on TikTok. Their community puts out videos on TikTok where they glorify intelligence, invention, um, hard work. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's influencing the community in this way. I'm not just I'm not saying like I'm not painting this picture of China or Russia. Right. 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 I'm just saying this is just an example. Now, what if here because we have first firsthand experience of this, they they glorify in our communities, black, white, Latina, doesn't matter. Dumb shit. Yeah. Chicks twerking, 
uh dudes doing little dances or whatever yeah. in front of a big pods. house eating tide pods <laughs> whatever you know trying to like open beer bottles with their eyeballs or whatever yeah and this is the most popular content so now you're you're building on what dark is saying that 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 they're they're by design creating distractions from our connection with our creator mm-hmm. and then pushing that now on the next generation Mm. like glorify yeah. doing dumb shit yeah it's like that's a, how you get to live in a big house and, and film yourself well it's, it's nothing more than a big ass ritual you know what i mean it every, is every single one of those tiktok dances is just another ritual and there are kids who are literally addicted to it i mean chris can't get off tiktok to save his I'm life off tiktok you're off tiktok now <laughs> I prayed that I prayed that curse <laughs> prayer. Me and Dark were just hitting this curse prayer that you I, I had a special session with with Dark before you guys even got him on the show, and I needed to break some some addiction. I've, I'm all kinds of addicted. I got issues, so I got to be careful yeah, with what we I all do. Put in front of my face. But, so. You know, I, I mean, it, but that's it's it literally just one big, and and anytime Super Bowl Sunday comes around, that's and they horrible. get. Yeah, it's just a big ritual. All of this shit, Oscars, Grammys, anytime that there's a big ass camera and and you know hundreds of thousands of people present, millions more watching, it's it just feels like a ritual. You know, yeah. opening ceremonies for the Olympics and all of that shit. <laughs> it's it's that's I feel like it's just one big magic, you know, ritual. I, I tell you, Dark, before we hand the mic over for you to comment on that, I tell you what, this is the only part of watching the Super Bowl halftime show. I play this game in my head is how many pentagrams and all seeing eyes can I pick yeah. out? <laughs> Newsflash, I always set a record. But <laughs> it's almost like watching the halftime show. The only enjoyment I get is I go, and here comes the all seeing eye right here. Yeah. yeah. That upside down triangle. There's the pedophile swirl. Yeah, and we're looking for a nipple for and show me a nipple for five hundred, yeah. please. Yeah, that's what it feels like, man. Man, I tell you, my niece um, called me years ago, and she said, "Uncle," she calls me Uncle JJ. She's Uncle JJ. I want to go see Beyonce. I'm like, okay. She's like, my mom don't want to buy the ticket. She said, my mom doesn't have the money, and I want to go see Beyonce. Will you buy the tickets? So I buy the tickets. And uh, her and her mom go to the concert. She asked, and I had bought her one of those little wrist cell phones, it's like okay. green cell phones that you put on your wrist that track the yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they go to the concert, and I get a phone call from her at like eight o'clock when they're supposed to be watching the concert. And I hear all this noise, and she's like, Uncle JJ. I'm like, What's up, babe? She's like, Why does Beyonce have an upside down cross on stage? Oh, and I was shit. like, Uh, because. Beyonce is probably a devil worshiper. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And she literally screamed, Mom, it's time for us to go. I don't want to be here anymore. And it's for her. And so it's one of those things to where they're programming children across the board. And yeah. it is unfortunate because the people that they're parading in front of them are um are people who've been chosen to be put in positions and yep. um they're glorified, but they're not good people. I've hung out with a lot of people from Hollywood coming through here in New Orleans when mm-hmm. New Orleans was really like Hollywood South, and a lot of yeah. those guys are garbage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To sit and smoke a cigar with some people, and I'm not going to name the only one person I met that is actually cool as hell is Michael Jai White. I love Michael Jai White. He's a real fighter. He's like the real deal, and I don't know oh, why yeah. I messed with him one night. And he threw, a kick, <laughs> threw a kick at me, and I didn't see it coming. And I was like, Mike, why are you playing like that? Mike, what's wrong with you? Quit. So, but outside of that, bro, 
rest of them people is garbage. Yeah, I mean, man. Pure D garbage. Yeah, you know, and and because Hollywood is all about rituals, and you know, there's a there's a, I'm not sure if this is wrapped up or not, but um, there was somebody I think she was a drum player for Beyonce at one point who's suing her because she's saying you know this this Beyonce practices uh, witchcraft. She mm-hmm. murdered my cat for sacrifice and. She's cursed me. I've lost this money because of her and I can't work anymore. And people are like this, this woman's nuts. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm, I believe it a hundred percent, you know, and uh, there's a list that they had come out with. I, I had the hardest time trying to find it again, but it was of celebrities who practice like voodoo, Santeria and whatever else. And it was like Denzel Washington. And, and th- th- it wasn't saying it was used for one thing or the other, but they were just saying they're practitioners of Instead it. Said that about my man Denzel, man. That, man he's well, a well, strong Christian man right there. He's hey, some, he's some good, good little. Uh, hey, he, maybe he's using magic for his benefit. I don't know. Yeah. But regardless, you know, it, it still opens up that pathway. Like the only. I don't know. You guys, you, you guys literally like ruin everything that's good in my life. No, like Chris, listen, down. listen, you can consume, <laughs> you can consume what you see on TV and things like that. As long as you understand this shit is terrible. I know what this is. You know what I mean? I, I think I'm, to the, I'm, I think I'm to the point now, like, especially with Hollywood stuff. Cause all we hear is like all this horrible fucking things coming out of Hollywood. Yeah. And I'm, purely for the entertainment like if i watch something i'm just gonna if i enjoy it i'm gonna watch it but i don't i don't subscribe to any individual you have to have a disconnect i I have i'm completely disconnected from the actor political views any type of thing that they're pushing i'm not listening to because i'm gonna go out and search for my own stuff um i don't need them to give me wisdom the the Mm -hmm. the magic key to get into the kingdom i don't need that uh i know where to get the good info for that stuff is um but man everything that comes out of hollywood is just scares the shit out of me just that. it's yeah like i said man because we're, we're inundated with so much shit there's so much negativity and there's so many rituals that they just throw at us constantly and now most of it is getting geared towards children like dark was talking about earlier and it's because they're the most vulnerable right they have the 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 widest pathway to intake all of this shit that they're getting hit with and they don't know any better you know, and, and it's up to us to explain to them like, hey, this is what this, you know, it, it's it's hard, man, because yeah. you're trying to protect yourself against this type of stuff, trying to protect your kids. Big country hasn't had this this stuff yet hit him until his little one gets a little bit older. When you start watching the shows that the kids are watching and you, you got to like say, no, we're not watching this. Yeah. Dude. Mm-hmm. I Dude. watched Ren Stimpy as an adult and I was like, oh, boy, this explains yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that show is not for kids. Brutal stuff, you know, but a lot of like we we proof watch, you know, stuff in case my oldest son wants to watch. Oh, that looks good. Well, let me take a look at it and see. You know what I mean? And he's he's a really good kid. So he has a great conscience, an amazing imagination. And I mean, this is a kid that he put a little scratch on his dresser. And I'm like, where the hell is Dom? So I asked his brother and sister, oh, I don't know. I hear him in the bathroom crying. So I go in there and I'm like, bud, are you okay? And he's like, I'm so sorry, dad. I'm so sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? And he's like, 
I scratched my dresser. I was mad and I scratched it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm expecting to see like a fucking sword just taken <laughs> to the side of it or something. And it's the smallest little scratch. And he's bawling his eyes at daddy. I'm so sorry. And I, I start laughing, you know, and I hugged him and I said, but it's okay. This is a tiny, <laughs> we could paint that. You, I really appreciate you telling me. You know what I mean? Because I can't say all my kids would have told me. I, got but... much, I wish I had to scratch the scratch the dresser problem. I got the whack it problem. Like <laughs> shark waters that my sons are. Get out of the bathroom, guys. Come on. You got to shower for two hours, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah what do we call cold. it? Yeah, dude, what do we Come call on, it? That one time, the, the shower power hour <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the Chris household. Yeah. Dude, yeah. My, I know house... you're out of hot water. Get out of the shower. Right. Dude, I, you just I, stiff towels everywhere you go. You can't dry your hands on shit in that house. My poor, my poor wife, man. I'll tell you what. Was Is this three, a Puma style? Three, three <laughs> sons this? and then me having to deal with me on top of it with three sons. God bless her that we have a little daughter to help le- level out the playing field. But, man. She's outnumbered. <laughs> but you know, the crazy thing is, and this is one thing for us that we have to be really conscious of, like you really do have to communicate because of what we're doing. You really do have mm-hmm. to talk to your kids because intentionally they will be targeted yeah. um, by negative stuff because you're protected and, and you know, um, it'll come at you and it's like, oh, I can't get him, but I can get them. You know yep, what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and so you really have to talk to them. I just talked to my sons. I've been talking to them like they were men since they were eight years old you shooting mm-hmm. guns at eight years old people are like they're going to kill themselves no they're not <laughs> we're going to be fine right. yeah you know, they're going to be, they, um, they be safer because they've done it and they yeah they've done it, it. yeah, yeah. Yep. they're not they that understand. kid that walks in oh a gun i want to shoot it they're like yo yeah. bro you're going to kill us put get away get get away <laughs> exactly you know so yep. but if you if if you if you protect that child and it makes mm-hmm. me you remember i don't know if you guys have ever heard the alex jones thing when he did alex jones did doom and uh yeah. doing voiceover and he was like uh destroy the child like it's literally that type of energy yeah. that comes for the children and now yeah. it's just like this foaming at the mouth energy for children it sure um, is and like on my channel i talked about um the stuff with disney and it was mm-hmm. amazing because out of the blue these people started coming and they were commenting like yeah you know it's mickey mouse it has nothing to do with child molestation i'm like oh so you you are one of those people who like into that. So I start calling people Disney's on my channel. Like, yeah. okay, Disney. And yeah. so all the rest of people are like, okay, Disney. And I just started banning them. But it's there that spirit that comes for the child. And when, yep. when the spirits come for the children, you know you're really at war because God, Jesus told us we need to protect those children. So it's yep. on us to do that. We got to do it, you know? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Thousand percent. Just because it, it opens the door. So something's good. You see something. Maybe Mickey is okay, right? But you open that door and then look where it's going and where it leads to and the propaganda and everything else that they're pushing and all the other agendas now that they're they've because you've opened that door and yeah. you step through, uh now they're they can open up the kids to it and, and it they're the seeds are being planted mm-hmm. and those little kids, they're just like sponges, they soak it all up. So I mean, it just in the long run, it, it's oh yeah, it's scary, yep. scary times. But you know, the pretty thing, the beautiful thing about this is, like those forces pushed so hard, like over the past, and they did it so quickly over like the past yeah. two years. They just they tried to ram everything on down everybody's throat, and mm-hmm. everywhere you go, people are waking up and seeing it. 
So sure they done screwed up because it's like, okay, we don't know how long we're going to be able to do this. So we just going to force feed you everything. And so the mm. whole world is like, yo, you people are crazy. The yeah. problem is the whole world doesn't have the platform and the voices to speak out like they do. That's where right. guys like us come in and speak for other people. But oh, I, I'm really excited about the pushback that's going on, even though there's a lot of mm-hmm. turmoil and there's going to be a lot of drama coming um forward but i i yeah. love the fact that you're seeing like and the pushback now is listen i don't care about your feelings mm-hmm. i don't care about what you think i don't care if you could go cry in your corner i'm gonna tell you what it is and if you want to fight we're gonna fight we're gonna yep. box it out stab it out shoot it out we're gonna do whatever we need to do because you don't went too far and that's the energy that our side has and that's the energy we need to defeat Absolutely. these enemies that we have so yep. we need to be hooligans baby you know exactly that's it Exactly. Can't say it better. Can't yeah, it better. man. Um, you know, uh, before we get to the end of the show here, and Dark will give you an opportunity to to let everybody know where they can find you, and how they can support you, or get in contact with you. Um, what's interesting about the push right now with the kids is there's massive pushback, and I th- I think they went too fast, right? Mm-hmm. If you go like, remember when we did that episode about Disney? two and a half years ago now it was like one of our first ones yeah and i remember going through all the symbolism and i you know we watched all these movies as kids never did i ever remember seeing as a child right um the clip in the rescuers when yeah. the seagull drops below and there's some titties on the wall yeah it's too fast for you to see and i didn't even know that until i was an adult so they've been doing it then Nothing has changed now. I think they went too fast. I think so many people are waking up, Dirk, like you were saying. But, you know, uh, when I had the opportunity to have uh, another uh, podcast host on our show, who's an inspiration for ours, Gordo's from Gordo from those conspiracy guys. And we had this conversation about having having children because him and I are. Are, are both dads now is we're on our first uh boy has almost got a football team chris the same <laughs> um so i i didn't know what it meant to literally in my head play out um physically doing violence to the very end uh putting myself in that position until i saw my son for the first time mm-hmm and we had this discussion about like I never knew what it what it meant when somebody said whatever whatever you need to do. Like I didn't understand what that meant until I had yeah. my daughter. And I and I and I know what that feels like now. And I think the the biggest issue was when they started uh deciding to go after the kids, right? Because mm-hmm. you've probably had that scenario in your head the first time you saw your child, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can totally saw someone's head off with a butter knife if I had to because <laughs> I hurt my kid. No problem. I'll do it with yeah. a pillow. I'll saw your head off with a pillow if you <laughs> you know hurt my kid. <laughs> but for for however old your family may be, um, you probably haven't had that thought too often since then. You have you probably have, but probably not as prevalent as it is right now. Yeah. Like in this day and age, right now, it's it's a daily thing that we're going through and that's i think because of the exposure that Mm -hmm. their absolute lust and desire for children is right now yeah we're seeing it so much to where everybody who has kids goes it's going no i don't know i don't think so you know when before it was more of like a slow burn 
yeah. with, with certain things. Yeah, well, but, I think I, I, it was, it was so slow. It was kind of to the point where you're like, Oh, okay, that's weird that that just happened. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. There wasn't like a motive. We you don't mess with it. people's kids. And- no, man. And and I'll tell you, just like like when I went to the, the rad movement meeting last Saturday, mm-hmm. it was a room full of pissed off moms. And there was nothing better to see because like Dark said, there's so many people who are just fed up with the with what's happening to the children you know children are getting hurt and it seems like the people who should care aren't caring so now parents are deciding to take matters into their own hands right and now that we understand that this is literally a fight for the souls of our children we need to start taking more time to pray with them to to let them understand that there are things out there that can harm them in more ways than just a physical harm. You know what I mean? Um, my, you know, we say prayers with our kids every single night and, you know, they, they don't feel right when, if we forget, you know, days running late, Hey, we hear yell from the back room. You forgot to say prayers, <laughs> you know? So we go in there and we say our prayers with them and, and it feels like it makes them feel better, you know? Um, and it's also important that they have, a strong male figure around um because that is so lost in a lot of homes right yep. there are some yep. cases where if there isn't a father around you know an uncle or a brother or a good close family friend ends up taking that mantle up right um but it's it's important to have all of those aspects in order to protect to protect kids and it, it's we're like round 12 right now <laughs> and you know i'll tell you the craziest thing that why fathers are so important and i explained this to my sons when i was when they were they're 18 and 17 i told them this when they were 10 years old mm-hmm. uh, i would go to everything with them and mm-hmm. i would make sure my presence was known around their friends and i said there's going to come a day when someone asks you to do something stupid yeah. and i said it's going to be peer pressure it's going to be all this other stuff and i said I am your scapegoat. And he was like, well, what do you mean? I said, your friends have been around me. We played PlayStation together. They know me. When they say, hey, man, let's go do ABC. Tell them, listen, bro, uh, I can't do that, man, because you know how my pops is. That Negro crazy. Like, he will <laughs> spaz out. And friend, your friends are going to be like, yeah, 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 you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. And I told him, I said, as a parent, if you understand, my job is your scapegoat. So when you're in a situation that you can't handle and people pressure you, nah, bro, I can't do that. My pops will literally shoot me if mm-hmm. I do that. Now, I don't know about your pops and your mom. They may not love you, but my mm-hmm. daddy is crazy. So they use it. Like, no, yeah. dude, my dad, you know, and you give them, it's like giving your kid games so they understand mm-hmm. how to deal with everything around them. Hey, man, use me as your scapegoat. You don't want to do that? Bro, I can't do that. My pops will lose his mind. Right. And once you give them that kind of game, then when they run into these peer pressure influences and all other crazy stuff, they already have a game plan for how to deal with it. Right. They just, right. They, they just naturally do it. So it's our job to teach them how to handle that. Like I told mm-hmm. my sons, it's like, listen, anybody ever try and touch you in an inappropriate way or anything like that fight. Yep. This is straight up swing. I said, yep. you may not win, but they're going to back off. Cause nobody want to try and molest a kid who trying to fight you. They exactly. Want easy targets, yep. fight, kick right. them in the balls, bite them, scratch them. Yep. And so you teach them those kids those things. Like my friend Jordan, who teaches combatives, his youngest son 
when we go to class, like it, he will, his son will just walk up to you and kick you in the nuts. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about a little bitty kick. It's a full front right. kick with the shin to the nuts. Damn. And that's just what he does. Like everybody knows. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Camden around. Yeah, bro, you got to keep your head on the switch. He's going to get you. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. kidnapping that little boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody's touching him. That's how it has to be, bro. Yeah, That's how it has to be, and that's our job. But I oh, want to yeah. say something to you guys, man. You know, and it, it makes sense that you are how you are because you guys are friends with Tony. It really lightens. It, like, turns a light on for me and my spirit. When I get to hang out with cool dudes, who just are laid back. They're about handling their business, um, about taking care of their family. Because so many people in this industry, they're on that darker side and they think mm. they can hide it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But you, yeah. when you talk to them, you know, you got to deal with people. They they pretend to be cool. They're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And they seem real cool. But yeah. you're just sitting there talking to that person. You're like, boy, you ain't worth a damn. I can yeah. feel it. You yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's easy. Amazing how you guys are. It really, we is. Appreciate, appreciate that, man. man. Yeah, because uh, we always say we're just guys. You know what I mean? We we started this in a shed, and then here we are, and we're still those guys. I still I got to wake up tomorrow morning to go to my nine to five. You know what I mean? We all yeah, do. I'm a little spacey right now from the edible. <laughs> that might have been a bad decision. I got to go work in the morning, but <laughs> you're all good. But but you know this. I think the 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 best thing that's ever come from this podcast is the people we get to meet yep yeah and this is instantly one of my one of my most favorite episodes you know we just spoke to the black bearded cowboy last week that guy i mean he's by far we have like this mount rushmore he's up there and so we got to start cleaning off this area for dark waters because this is not <laughs> going to be the last nice, time man no. this is this has been a great show and these are some of my favorite ones when obviously we're talking about paranormal and stuff but there's so much personality from everybody's experiences that goes into this and that that for me is like the most natural way to have a conversation right um, it's cool to hear like the ghost stories and, and stuff like that. I love that too, but hearing like all, uh, all of the experiences you've had and that make you who you are and have turned you into who the man you are today, sharing that with us. And then we get to talk about our experiences and all that stuff. Like this, this, these are the best shows. Two hours has gone by crazy. Feels like it was 15 minutes yeah it feels like 15 minutes bro yeah it feels like we've been talking to an old friend for a long time and i can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is to have you on the show with us and i'll tell you what you you're welcome to come back and i want to hear some more stories i know boy is chomping at the bit too because he's been rubbing my thigh about bigfoot and penis (laughs) since he mentioned it he's wanted to get well my 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 question is is does bigfoot have a dog penis or does he have a human penis well, the description <laughs> I got of the Bigfoot penis was it was more of a human penis, but it was okay. like a, it was like three. So you owe cans. me ten bucks. Oh, so like, so like Big <laughs> Mike. We're talking Big yeah, Mike. Yeah. Big Mike style, Allen yeah. Show? Okay. Big Mike okay. don't have nothing. I mean, Big Mike don't have nothing on Bigfoot, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Dude, I, yeah, I, that's I, a t-shirt I, idea, by the way. <laughs> the image, I can't, I can't get that out of my head. Dude, uh, that would I, sell, man. That would sell. Hell <laughs> you. Bigfoot with three uh, Coke cans. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, Dark Chris is we... stacked like a tuna can. Over here. <laughs> Uh-oh, just one, though. Yeah. My wife's been bragging about yeah. me again, I see. <laughs> My chunk lord. light chunk, chunky light chunk light chunk lord, lord have mercy oh for uh, <laughs> praying later, guys. 
Yeah, you you need to break some curses right now. I can tell right now. I've told you, me and Dark's been working on it for a couple months now. I got, I'm going to go hit back. I got to start yeah. all over again. I Only know. 179 days to go. 179 days. Here I come to freedom. Man, well, Dark, before we uh, wrap up the episode tonight and, and we'll get to uh, how people can in, find you, support you, listen to your work, uh, and if you want to get in contact with you. Uh, I wanted to say this, and I know I've I've said this to, to Chris. I've said this to Boy. This was discussions that we had with the demonologist when he was on, and, and telling story of, of uh, experiences that we've had, maybe paranormal or not. But uh, I, I, without a doubt, I know for a fact my son can see stuff that's that that like my wife and I can't. Like Chris and Boy, I know the story. I brought it up before, but ever since he was like a tot, like. Oh gosh, my leg was that like four or five months old? Maybe he would see stuff in the room, stare at it, track it, point at it, laugh at it. And it's an oddly fast uh, head movement for like a you know a four or five month old mm-hmm. uh, kid. So, and you know, my wife and I had that discussion, and then you know, talking to Nathaniel, and he was like, "It wouldn't surprise me that you need to keep an eye on it." And so that's one thing I always think of: of like, not only do I have to protect him from the physical world. There's like a spiritual world that I know he has a connection to that I also mm-hmm. have to keep an eye on, which I didn't know at the time as I'm ha- like we were having these discussions. And then the wife sends me an article one night about uh, like his Zodiac sign, which I'm not you know really into because space is fake. But uh, <laughs> the Zod- his, his Zodiac sign, their traits, right? If you, you know, if you follow this, I'm just humoring the argument, but uh have a connection with the other side uh can constantly be visited by ex like by dead relatives or people that had died before they were even born and i was like mm. oh man we might be in for a wild ride <laughs> as he grows up you know it's we got good, six good part two finally but <laughs> uh you know uh dark i wanted to leave you with this man is that um it, it's generally it's actually a question and chris boy if you have any final thoughts or, or questions before we let dark go uh, it's it's a question, and I've always wanted to do. We've talked about it on the show, wanting to go like do an investigation of a haunted place or something like that for an episode or something. Um, I think Tony asked you this. I kind of know the answer you gave to Tony because I watched documentary, but I'm going to ask you too. Is that dumb? <laughs> yeah, that's real dumb. And uh, and for the record, I'm going to say this publicly. Tony cut out a lot of my advice for that thing, and he just. Mm. And it was funny because he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And I was like, boy, you dirty for that because you cut out everything else I said. You're dirty, but I love you. But um, I don't think, and I'm speaking from personal experience because I went to a place out of ignorance Mm. and had an experience. And we'll talk about that next time because we didn't get into, first of all, thank you for not forcing me to talk about Dogman Bigfoot for once. But we'll get into that next time. (laughs) But I went to a location out of ignorance and had an encounter that literally scared me to death. Mm. And I only heard it running in at me. I didn't even really see it. I saw like it moved from right to left behind a tree. But the guy came back to get me, and thank God he came. But when you try to go out and look for those things, um, the the best thing, the worst thing that can happen is you find it mm. because you're um, uh-huh. you're dealing with something that I know people think they're prepared to deal with. Like when Tony went, they had rifles and all. They think you think you prepared to deal with it if you look at this documentary remember the guy who saw it who was like he was like i'm not going out there at night 
we need to be here on the road that way we can get away mm-hmm. that's how i knew that guy wasn't lying that you could hear in that you could hear the tremble in that man's voice yeah that he saw something and that was so like 30 you, years ago yeah but when you haven't had an encounter you cannot fathom the level of fear the right. primal fear that rises up in you and that man had that residual fear mm-hmm. so um it's it's all good and all exciting to go look for something and say you're going to look for something but when you experience it it's terrifying like i had a project for a while called dogman cams and it was live cameras in places where there were bigfoot dogmen and we were getting actual evidence of bigfoot like mm-hmm. but even seeing a bigfoot on camera which we captured one and you could see its face moving its eyes closing but it was like in the darkness but you could see it that was terrifying. Then I had yeah. one where I was on a stream and it just yelled while I was doing a live stream. And the reaction was like, people were like, man, that was funny. I'm like, no, dude, that was terrifying. Yeah. To hear something <laughs> scream like that. So it's one of those plays to where if you, if you're going to go out there and you're going to be like Tony did, you know, he did the best he could do to protect himself. If I'm going to ever go out there and do something, I'm going nine, ten people deep, which means pretty much guarantees I'm not going to see anything because there's too many people. So to me, it doesn't make sense for me to do it because at the end of the day, I'm carrying too many people out into the woods with me. You really Mm -hmm. need to go three people or less to make something happen, maybe four or less. But for me to feel comfortable, I'm going out there with heavy hitters, dudes who kill people for a living. Yeah, Bigfoot, dog man run up. At least I know when they shoot, they're going to hit something. Now, we right. might all die because we decided <laughs> to do this, but you're going to get some pain in the process. So. Exactly. Yeah. So a haunted house, cool. <clears throat> looking for dog, man. Looking for Bigfoot, man. I think you'd be all right. Looking for the dog, man. I, I don't know, bro. That's why I told Tony. He's like, man, you got a set of balls on you, boy. You got a set of balls. <laughs> and you need an award. I'm going to tell you guys, the craziest <laughs> thing to me is this industry still hasn't supported Tony the way I think they need to. And it's kind of the short-sightedness of the collective of the Mm -hmm. encrypted paranormal podcasting community. Tony did his thing. It's 150,000 views. If Tony could get to a million views, he opens the door for when you go out to do your investigation, for you to go to Amazon and the Netflix. If we just got together and helped each other out a little bit, um, it wouldn't be Hollywood presenting these things to people. It would be Christian brothers like us presenting it to the world. So that's the one thing that we got to do better as a community is we got to support each other better, but it's competitive and it's competition and, um, and it just doesn't work out that way. So yeah. somebody's going to break through. I think Tony's going to be the guy to break through. Oh, I think and, so. Yeah. Tony's definitely the blueprint, man. Mm, I can see this. There's, there's people I, I that are so upset man. about Tony being full time and blowing up the way he has. And I'm like, man, how... or even that he's religious and openly religious. Yeah. But uh, it just never made sense to me. Right. Like we, we, we have no problem in our personal lives. You know, if somebody's getting a leg up and, and they're successful, then you got to cheer them on. You got to root for them. You know what I mean? Because you want that same treatment. <laughs> you know, that's so. one thing I could say about us. I mean, we, and if someone we know is doing well, we look at them and we just, we're the first ones to give them an attaboy. You got, you got, you to, got man. to, you got to, I mean, you got to, you got to root for your friends. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's why we don't have any problems speaking to, you know, guys who just starting podcasts and stuff like that, because we were there. Yep. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Tony definitely has to get uh, more recognition. Where can you see that uh, that documentary at? He has it on his YouTube channel. Yeah. 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 He has it on his YouTube channel. I'm going to look it up. I'm watching tonight. Yeah. It's it's, it's really good. It's fantastic. 
I, I want to say this about about Tony and his show with with, and I I think you hit the head on the nail there, Dark. With that, he doesn't get enough recognition. I do you think it's because he's openly religious about it? And I think no. the more mainstream, it's become conflicting. Or no, no, no. It's not. It's not that. It's just that the way the cryptic community is is so highly competitive mm. that we don't we don't necessarily necessarily celebrate each other. So right, when it came right. out. Irregardless of whether I was in it or not, I was going to promote it because Tony's a good guy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like tomorrow, I'm going to talk about it. Like, yo, y'all need to watch this three times to get this man's numbers up. Right. But it's the competitive nature of this business. But it, at the end of the day, men have to sit down and discuss. There's greater goals and issues that can be achieved when you work together. Like there's mm-hmm. certain people I got beef with that I'm going to forever have beef with. But if my nemesis, which I cannot stand this dude, if he does a documentary and he puts it out, I'm going to be the first person to say, yo, I can't stand him. But, bro, go watch his documentary. Help right. this man grow. Because right. at the end of the day, it benefits us all. And that man put in his work. He put in his time. He put in his energy. And you, and the problem is, in this community, we don't respect another man's work that they put mm. in because we people have opinions of him. Yep. I cannot like you, but respect what you do. You know what I'm saying? I respect... The guy that I don't like, I respect his grind. He He's all day, every day handling this business. I respect the hell out of his grind. But right. I tell people I don't like the way he handles stuff. So it's um, – but most people can't draw that line because that's a moral line for people that, to draw. Okay, I respect your work. I respect what you're doing. I don't like the way you treated me. Bada bing, bada boom. We're going to move on. But if you're blowing up and you're trying to blow up, I'm going to push you and help you blow up. Right. Now, would it backfire? Maybe. I don't know. You might be on TV and diss me. I'm confident that, okay, if you do that, I can handle that. Right. Um, and that's that's the problem in our community. But I can tell you, we'll talk about this afterwards, but I can tell you that's even changing because mm-hmm. um, people like us are rising to the top right now. So right. we have people like us rising that can communicate, can talk to each other. All that stuff changes. It really, right. really does. It changes yep. rapidly. And the people who are like crazy and retarded, they get left behind. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll out themselves. Yeah. yeah. We just leave them over there in a the little kitty corner with their dunce hats and go on and let the men <laughs> handle the business. Let's go hunt exactly. and make it work, you know? Exactly. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. Uh, yeah, Dark the Man, this has been amazing. Thank you again for your time. Why don't you let everybody know, all the hooligans out there, where they can contact you and support your work? All right. First of all, I am officially now a hooligan. I have been Hell yeah. uh, added to the family. You can find me at <laughs> IamDarkWaters.com. Um, you can listen to Dark Waters Radio on the Paranormal Radio app. It's 24 7 streaming radio with stories, interviews. Um, and then you can find me on YouTube at uh, the Dark Waters YouTube channel. On my YouTube channel, you can find my public phone number, which I think is 3265426. And Call me anytime to talk about anything. Um, just don't call me at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning because I'm gonna answer the phone and I'm gonna curse you out just like any other person. <laughs> but other than that, I'll let me. Let's do something. Hell yeah. Awesome. I love it. Awesome. I love it. Chris the boy, anything else? No, man. This has been great. Um we we, we definitely gotta do it again. Yeah, part two is gonna be be fun. I think we get into some of the other stuff that we didn't touch on today. Some more ghost stories is always good, but I definitely want to get into Dogman, some other stuff that you know may, I may not have had any backstory on. Well, when I come back, we'll go through Fort Pierce Dogman encounter. I'll I, the pictures that I have from Fort Pierce, I've never really shown them 
from the mm. guy who had the encounter, the video. I, we can do the video, and we can do some of the pictures of the things that the guy had. That that's that's gonna be crazy. Hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, we are excited for part two of Dark Waters coming back and having some more fun. Uh, well, I guess fun uh, stories about <laughs> the right word for it, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. Thank you again. Thank you again for your time. We'll definitely do it again. But uh, you know, that is it for this episode of Whiskey Beer and Conspiracy Podcast. I have been Big Country. I'm Boy. And I'm Chris. And we will see you guys on the next one. Take care.